that sounds so much better, yeah. I'm still dancing here, man. <laughs> I'm dancing away to that tune That there. sounds so much better, because we're talking about wanting to get some music to intro the podcast. That sounds way better. Aye, it. it's good, aye. Who aye. is it? it? I'm just about to say. Okay. Right, so that there is a full-ton kid. Uh, we spoke about him last week, and I just I decided that that would be a, like, oh, they're a cool band. Uh, and I decided that would just be a cool intro. And I spoke to the boys and they said, aye, that's it's cool. We so don't know if what we're going to do is keep that or do I different ones every week. We're just kind of figuring out as we go along. So, But I love that. I love an intro to music. That's great. Nah, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's, it's better. I don't know if it's better that me and you just... Because usually when these things start off, we're sitting blabbing away a load of shit. Mm. And it just eventually kind of rolls into something else. Ah. But right now, that's just... The music, and that Feel was full-time good. kid, and they were like, ah, right, what do we say next? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the good thing is, is that it's not just going to be two of us today. We're going to bring a guest. We've got Mick Hargan coming up soon, so we're going to introduce Mick. Mick is a, he's actually a singer-songwriter, but he's also, he, he, he helps punt uh, loads of uh, young musicians onto the onto the music scene in Glasgow. He runs loads and loads of wee nights to try and just to, to and, and he helps them build a wee bit of confidence and get them a wee bit of exposure right. and, and uh just You started playing live again recently through Mick and, uh, and a lot of nights at the uh, Govan Amethyst and stuff like that. And... Aye through, through Mick and uh, basically through kinda of Jay's bar stuff and all that aye. and uh, so we've got tons uh, and tons to talk about with Mick. Aye, we have five. Aye, and uh, he's also a very, very good travel agent <laughs> because he, he does he, he tours extensively yeah. through the the globe, and uh, and he also helps other people when they're planning their routes. Uh, Mick's going to be in in a couple of a few minutes anyway. Cool. But um, what's what's been happening since the last podcast, Bob? No but, much. No much. <laughs> You've been what? I just working that time, but trying to kind of get all the what you were talking about before being a social media demon. And I've been trying to kind of set up the Facebook page and uh, the Twitter. We're lacking comments on that, by the way. So if anybody's in there, we listen. If you comment in there, tell us how, <laughs> how good or how shit this is. <laughs> so I'm doing that and setting up a website and stuff like that and trying to kind of get the ball rolling. So it's easy enough to follow along with what we talk about. And uh, no, I mean, who knows what we're going to start talking about anyway. But once we get the website set up, so I think it'll be a lot easier for people to get each episode and subscribe to it and stuff like that and all the wee links. So. Well, since I, I've been off work still. Still no well, usual. Uh, but uh, I've been doing the, the usual thing. I've been picking up loads and loads of stuff on the universe. <laughs> I've been, the cosmos. The, right, on the cosmos side. Right. I was watching I was watching the, a thing on the uh, Netflix because I yeah. used to, I was slagging off how shit Netflix was because glass chin's rubbish. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was watching a thing about the cosmos, which Bob says is rubbish. And I was also... Uh, uh, we had a discussion last time about the Beatles. Now I've got Aye. a bit of a bone to pick here with Diane, right? right? And Bob, right? What? So, oh, right, right, okay. so, right. So, so we got we got involved in this uh, this thing on social media where, well, by the way, first of all, Diane, right? He's a he's your new pal, right? Right, your new pal, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and you tagged him in this thing that says put up an album of your choice. All oh, right, aye, right, aye, right. Aye. Uh, don't say why it's good. Uh, it's just a just, great album, Just right? it's a great album, right? Now, you, Diane, were slagging the Beatles, right? You put up fucking Duran Duran, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I put up Eddie Reader and the Patron Saints of Imperfection. Right. Are, you, are you pals with the right Diane on Facebook? 
don't know. However, <laughs> what I will say is I did put up Duran Duran because it was Duran Duran Appreciation Day last week. Was it really? And I felt the need to share my appreciation of the joyous oh. Duran Duran. Oh I missed that post, Diane. Fucking hell, really? You like Duran Duran, really? I've got a tattoo to do with Duran Duran. Do you really <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> That's how oh, much I love Duran Duran. Oh, my God. No, See? fucking pause. Wait, no, like, like, pause, no, pause. Right, right, no, like, right, right, first of all, where is it? Where is it? Uh, see your ass. See your ass. <laughs> where is it? That one's on my ankle. Your ankle, right. And what is it? It's uh, it's from the inside cover of... Oh, that's so fucking geeky, really. <laughs> from the Seven and the Ragged Tiger album. Never heard of that album. That's... <laughs> Fucking atrocious, it's got really. Union of the Snake and Fliff, 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 Flex on you it. Need, you need to live your whole life with that tattoo on, you know that, don't you? I need to live my whole life with all my tattoos and I love all of them. They're brilliant. Oh, even that one, really? Even that oh, one. Yeah. Oh, at least it's not a Ramones band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got a I love the Ramones, tattoo. by the way, but just everybody seemed to jump on the Ramones bandwagon. Because yeah, they all bought the they? fucking T-shirt. I had Aye, exactly. Yeah, I've did. got a Stallone tattoo, so it's all right. I can't talk about anybody's tattoos. No. You've got, oh dear God! Hey, are you talking I, about... I can't believe you slagged me for a Duran Duran T-shirt and you're letting T-shirt. It's a, a tattoo. T-shirt. Where did permanent. T-shirt come from? You are you that... right? Tattoo. Where's your Where's your Stallone tattoo? It's on my arm, and so... it is. Uh, it's not his face or anything like that. I'm going to wait and get that on my back. No, it's, <laughs> it's It's the uh... It's the crest for the Expendables movie. The, the where they brought all the old action guys together. <gasps> Oh, that was like all my Christmases together. Oh. I love that actually because Brucey's in it and I've got a big soft spot for Brucey. Oh, you like Brucey? You were slagging Baldy people earlier on, Dan. You were slagging Baldy guys earlier. <laughs> and I happen to think I look like a bit of a Bruce Willis. No, uh, Vin Diesel, you look like in it. <laughs> I wish. Oh my god. <laughs> so they're gonna do like Alexi Seal. <laughs> <laughs> so the ta- the tattoo that they all have in that, I got that on my arm, so that could be an expendable as well. Let's get back to Bob here. Aye. Right, because uh when you were posting Duran Duran shit and you were posting up who was the other crap? He says, Oh Eddie Reader. <laughs> No offence to Eddie Reader again. I've been in I've been in Eddie Reader's company a few times. Um Jesus. Would you like to drop any more names? No, no, no I'll tell you Jesus the reason I say that. <laughs> right, the reason I say that is because I'm probably likely to be in her company again. Do you, you know really? Why? See, see, no, because, no, if she hears this, she won't. Wait, no, wait till she hears what my voice. <laughs> right. Somebody tell me, right? Apart from Diane, who's obviously fucking posted up an Eddie Reader album, right? right other than Perfect. Oh, the Fair Good Attraction. Right? Right. right. Other than Perfect. Right. What, another song? Name another song that. Oh, they did have one other song. Remember <laughs> in the VH1 Classic scene that you like, remember that channel? Name another Fair Good Attraction. So wait. Hey, I'm going to bring Mick in. Mick's coming in. Can we put Mick's microphone up, please? Mick's Mick? microphone is you, on. Right, Mick. Mick. Do you know another fairground attraction song? <laughs> what a fucking question. No. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. That's the right answer, mate. <laughs> Ten points to me. Right. Diane. Yes. Do you happen to know another fairground attraction song? I could name you every single song off their solitary two albums if <laughs> I really wanted to. Jesus. Well, listen, I know me. Another hit. I know, I know. Find my love. Pieces of Angels. No. That was Eddie Reader, but I would give you 10 points for that anyway, Mick. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Uh, Boo Hurdin. Boo Hurdin's amazing. 
Boo Boo Dean is amazing. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, apart from, <laughs> oh, this is going to get some great airplay. Oh, I'm loving this one no, now. listen, listen. So I'm a big Boo Hurdine fan, right? And and so the, am I, by the way. I and and the weird thing happened is we are walking. Me and Bob are walking up fucking Byers Road on our summer's day. When just, was this? It was fucking years ago. Aye. Years and years ago, right? And I had recorded this track, Wee Bob, for his film. So we are walking up. <gasps> I heard that the other day. That was really good. Watch the film. Lovely jubbly. Thank you. I right. won't interfere again. Right. So it's, it's, she's scared that you're going to fucking shout her again. <laughs> you're I'm a, not. I fear of no one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus you can turn you down. Right. So we're swaggering up Byers Road, right? I'm going to bring Mick in on this, right? Because Mick's a wee bit outspoken sometimes, right? When people... Day hangs that he doesn't like. <laughs> 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 right? So, uh, so what happens is we're swagging up by his road and I see Boo Hurdin, right? Now, I seen Boo Hurdin before playing a gig and there was me and one other person there, mm -hmm. right? And there was another band there that he, I think he'd produced them called Wild Strawberry, yeah. right? Who a one, shite fucking name that I, is. I know. That's a, that's a Bergman movie. Uh, Bergman movie. Is it? Yeah, it must be. You're a pure geek. What's how a bit movie? Ingrid Bergman? Ingmar. <laughs> Ingmar? Ingmar Bergman, aye. Swedish fucking film director, aye. Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is... Who the fuck Ingmar. is... Ingmar's the director. Ingrid is an actress. Who's Ingmar? What did they do? Yeah, loads of movies. Done The Seven Seal and Wild Strawberries is one of them, I know. What else? Oh, you're putting me in a spot here. He's like the watched. film aye. noir god. Aye. He's, oh. he's, he's, He's amazing. He's like a Swedish fucking depressing uh, filmmaker. That's <laughs> all you need to know, right? Everyone's black and white, weird right. fucking angles so, and everybody talks anyway, funny, right? So we are swag. Do you remember Bill and Ted? Remember Bill and Ted, the bogus journey when Aye. they're playing chess with death? Uh, right, that's what you that comes from. Battleship. Right, they're playing. They're playing battleship with death. Well, the, well, the seventh seal was uh, uh, Max von Sydow as a, as a <laughs> Swedish knight playing chess with death. That right. Is, anyway, uh, getting back to <laughs> Boo Hjordine. So we're aye. so we're swaggering up now. Right, summer's day, and I seen him playing with his band Wild Strawberry, and everybody left. They were all the Wild Strawberry fans, you mm. know, and they left and. Uh, Boo Hurdine played himself, right? Mm. And I'm sitting there going, wow, he's singing Murder in the Dark, right? It's a beautiful song. And I'm going, me and another guy, I think it was my wee brother Vinny, no sure. Mm. But sitting there going, this is amazing, right? And then at the end of it, I'm talking about it, I'm going, because I'd seen him in Ronnie Scott's in London years ago when I was, oh, I was right, playing. Right. When I was playing in London. Oh, hey. Hey, <laughs> Wait, make so, it about you, eh? Uh, so basically, fucking big fan, and I know who he is. Now, nobody else in Byers Road would have had a clue who Boo Hurdine was, right? So there what happens is, I'm swaggering up with Bob, and I'm like, aye, Bob, there's Boo Hurdine. He says, who? So so I'm like, ah, no way, I'm going to talk to him. So I walks up to him, I says, you're Boo Hurdine? And the guy says, aye. And I'm like, big fan. So we're still talking to him for a couple of minutes and talking about music and stuff. And at this point in time, I'm only a young boy looking to make an impression through music and I says to him, see if I sent you a, tra a track, would you listen to it? And he goes, oh, I'd listen to it, aye. And I says, excellent. So, Boo Hjordin, which I found the other day, Boo Hjordin's address, mm -hmm. he's in house, right? Yeah. He gives me his address and he's like, send me your CD. So I sends him a CD, right? Now, I'm thinking he gets it, right? Maybe two, three days, four days, has a listen to it. Gave him my email address and all that shit. Mm -hmm. But what had happened was I didn't have a MySpace at the time. Didn't know anything about digital <laughs> media. Still didn't have a clue what it was. And Bob had set one up for me. Right? Mm -hmm. So he's like this to Boo Hurdine. Do you know what he did, Boo? 
just message him <laughs> through MySpace, right? So Bush Yardin Disney messaged me through MySpace, right? He Disney send me an email, Disney do anything, right? Bob fucking emails him, you're a cock. Right. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called him an ignorant bastard. Yeah, see, I've been known to do that as well. Justified. It's not like you've put the two cunts in the fucking the room. Aye, he's one of them. You're feeding that ego, going like that. I'm a big fan. I said, mate, man, you've paid fucking postage for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, it was 26 pence. It's not that. It's just the fact that he said he would do it, and fair enough. But just a response. He doesn't have to listen to it. Just even a, like... Song's good. Anything. Song's shy. Song's, song's great. Good luck. Anything. Just a response would have yeah. been fine, but he didn't even bother doing that, so fuck him. Right. So, since then... Right. Boo Dean, he's fucking off our list. <laughs> so we're not... We're not I, I, I'm, I'm really annoyed. His music's fantastic. Do you know what? I'm a bit annoyed to hear that as well. What? That he would do that, man. Uh, That's a bit shit. Do you know, know what? We gave him the benefit of the doubt this a long time ago. Social media was new. Right. Maybe he didn't have a full grasp of everything. We can't like hold it against him. I'll tell you why we can't hold it against him. He's a lovely guy, I'm sure. I'll tell you why we can't hold it against him. Because I was playing the CCA, right? Right. I was playing the CCA. See if you say he says that song's fucking brilliant after me slating the guy and I don't even know him. No, he didn't. I was playing the CCA, right? And, uh, and Boo Hurdin was there. And I'll tell you what. Uh, Boo Hurdin was playing with a guy called Darden Smith. And uh, he was absolutely... And Eddie Reader was there and all. Cool. She was singing and was all, right? Night? And I'll tell you what... <laughs> was it Celtic Connections? Listen, <laughs> was it Burns Night? Well, Eddie Reader's there, it's either Burns Night or not, New Year. Right. <laughs> right. By the way, I saw it at the, the bandstand last weekend and he was with her oh, as well. Did she uh, open uh, Melt in the summer coming out? No. <laughs> No, but listen. Let me, Scotland, there is no let me, rec let me recover true. myself a bit here. So I met them all. Mm -hmm. They were all playing at the same gig as me, right? Mm -hmm. And they were all lovely, man. And yeah. I couldn't say anything bad. And then I met Eddie Reader on a flight to Derry, <laughs> right? And my wife, dude, I'm looking across and I'm like, uh, looking, and uh, and Eddie's like, hi, Anne. I'm like, how's it going? <laughs> and then I opens a page up, and who is opening at the time for Willie Nelson? No. Eddie Reader. Really? So but it's a picture. Hey, this links in well because I was backstage at that. If that's the same gig with Sharon Shannon was playing as well. It probably we was. Aye, aye. Aye, probably was. Aye. So I'm sitting with this magazine, a music magazine, because you're on a flight. And uh, and my wife goes, Oh, there's a picture of Eddie Reader. And I'm like, So it is. And she says, Can you get her to sign it oh, for me? No. So no, I had to turn no, round to, to Eddie Reader, right? Who's sitting across the She's already said hi to me because she's uh, she's lovely. She yeah, is lovely. Right. Apart from me slagging Fairground attraction, and uh, she's lovely and fair play to her. Um, so I'm like that. Oh, can you sign this for me? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking Ryanair, fucking <laughs> two wee shitey beers for twenty two quid, and you're pitching the next page. Go sign that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Ryanair's trying to sell me the next flight, and I'm getting her to sign. And she did sign it. I don't even know what that magazine is now. But she did sign it. She did sign it. And and uh, so so Mick was just saying there that he was back. See, I never went to that gig, but we mm. did meet Willie Nelson. Oh, that right. was amazing. That's one of the best gigs ever because Aye. it turned for one of the weirdest fucking rotten kind of gigs. Not even rotten, it was just nothing. And then it was amazing. Aye, it was, it, the drummer was a way out, right? It was Willie Nelson and the, and the family or something like that. It was some gig. I, don't, I can't even remember what album he was promoting. It might have been the Kid Rock uh, produced album right. for uh, late 90s. He was promoting that. And we ended up going to it. 
Aye. And then we thought the gig was there, Mick, right? So we think the gig's there. And me and him, like a pair of su- Willie Nelson super fans, runs away to the front. Think, oh, the gig's there. Because everybody him. else is like 65. Every, they're plus. all sitting down. And it's just aye. me and him, and we're 20 odd. Right? We're like, fucking, because it was at the Armadillo. There's no aye. barricade or anything like that. So You're we run like, away forward. Aye. And we're shouting. Willie! Right, Willie Nelson is hiding behind the drums. <laughs> and he pops but he looked at us like, they're fucking pretty young to be so here. He comes away right? out, today's encore, we didn't realise it was like a second encore he was doing. He comes away out, and he's, what are we doing to us? We're two knobs standing at <laughs> the front. In the middle like of the front. Horns out, like that. <laughs> and he shakes my horns, and I'm like, can I get your plectrum? And he goes, <laughs> Here they go, and he gives me his plectrum, aye. which I've still got. And we both touched his guitar with a hole in it. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most famous aye. guitar right. in fucking But music. we never went to the gig with Sharon Shannon. No, well, that was funny how that came about, because in Sharon, I'm trying, I think it was the Sharon Shannon big man who was the support, and like Eddie Reader was a guest vocalist, and there were other guests, for, I'm not sure if Declan O'Rourke was there, but I managed to get passes through a guy called Jack uh, Mayer, Ma. He's an Irish boy for Dublin and he played guitar for either Paddy Casey or Declan O'Rourke who me and you. I wouldn't imagine anybody would have played guitar with Declan, man. The guy is... No, no, it was Paddy Casey. He was in Paddy Casey's band. I'm sh- aye, Paddy Casey's band. Aye. Paddy Casey's good mates with Declan O'Rourke. Aye, because they live together. Aye. Aye. We both played with Declan O'Rourke so at the time we were just sending messages back and I goes, let me come to your gig. I mean, he's gone, hi, cool. I'd just been up expecting like tickets now, but there were wee passes now, but it's weird trying to get through and all that. Me and my old man, and it's gone, eh, need to wait 90 seconds. The principal's coming through, and I'm like, what the fuck? The fuck? Who the fuck's the principal there? Old Willie Nelson, man, with the pigtails, <laughs> man, half his tour bus, man. You could just see the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> just a merge. Like a Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> Aye, so that was that. Was that. Is that what do they mean, the principal? Is that what, is that his principal nickname? Artist. Is that what they mean? Principal must, must be principal uh, artist. They called it the principal. It but it was... I mean, it's kind of cool, isn't it? If you hear, like, the principal's coming in his fucking big plume of smoke. Imagine he was your teacher. The Grand Wizard of Country Music. Aye, like, appeals. They wouldn't let, let you through. <laughs> yeah, like, it's the Grand Wizard. You're like, I've got this pass. You can't call my Grand Wizard that, and that's terrible. No. He's not a Grand Wizard. No. Grand Wizard is like, is like the KKK. People. See, when I think, see, I don't even think of that, but see, when I think Grand Wizard, I think fucking, I've like, Lord of the Rings or something. No, Sauron. <laughs> I was I was thinking I like uh, who's the guy that kicks about with uh, Snoop Dogg, Don the Magic One. Have you seen that guy? No, seen him. Have you not seen him? No. He's like a he's like an old school pimp, and he just does his whole job is he's Snoop's uh, spiritual advisor. Fucking, I couldn't have pink Snoop being your spiritual advisor. Man. I, How good is like that? A, he's a pimp. <laughs> yeah. He's like an old school. He's got a pimp uh, cup. See, like the jeweled cup and all that, and he's got a big bejeweled cane. He's got the giant brimmed hat. Pimp, wait a minute, I don't know what he's a pimp ex- cup is. Uh, do you know what a pimp cup is? They get, they, well, here's the thing. I, watched oh, I this, know how you know. <laughs> I watched this documentary, right? And, uh, it's not a Gallagate pimp cup. <laughs> That's a whole different thing, isn't it, man? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is that? Well, the prostitutes in Glasgow are like, and I'm not downplaying prostitution, it's a terrible thing. But the city centre, you get your, your brass nails there. Right. And then if you venture, <laughs> if you go down by the bars and then straight up as if you've got to like park here to the Gallagate, uh, we were driving by on a Sunday morning because Leanne used to stay out that way, man. Oh, some of the fucking brass nails, man, the Gallagate, man. It was like fucking <laughs> one, one tooth, one leg, fucking honking. <laughs> so Not affordable though. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's going to drive after us. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine it would be affordable and I'd imagine uh, 
say to their pimp man, fucking shell suit, fucking whoever, uh, shows your pimp cup, would be a whole different meaning for the dogs. Because the these, in America, these pimps, uh, I think it comes uh, for a long, long time, for like the 70s, I guess, when it was a big thing, where to show their wealth, what they would do, these pimps would kick about with like a chalice almost, like a Christian ah, chalice, yeah, have you yeah, seen yeah. them? And the guys who were like the, the top dudes, the top pimps, they would be the ones with the most bejeweled fucking pimp cup, you know? It's like they would walk in, and the guy with the biggest cup, he 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 was he the strongest pimp hand, I guess. I don't know how Rob, works, Robbing so. the chapel for the chalices. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, he was bribing the priests. <laughs> I tell you, it's, I mean... Or supplying them with hooves. He went... <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness! We did. Uh, we were we were getting to we were coming to Boston and we were going into New York and it was a nice drive. It was like five hours in a bus and then it hurt like Manhattan and it was fucking it was Pride weekend and fucking so the place was stowed and I think it was a Copa America final, so we hit Yankee Stadium and it was just fucking madness. But we were in traffic basically all the way through Harlem. It was mm. hardly moving and there's still some in Harlem man. There's still the dudes man with the Cutting about in the bright yellow suits. Oh, oh just cool as fuck, man. Do you know I, mean, I, I, I seen I seen them in Texas. Uh, I was in uh, Houston, and we stayed in this. We but that's oil wealth. I <laughs> <laughs> pimp oil wealth. There's this. Uh, it was a wee motel right off the, the highway, right next to like a Denny's. It was like a twenty four hours thing, right? So there was all manner of people about here, and we walked in, and there was this giant, big, classic mint green caddy. Right, and it looked just uh, one of these 70s black exploitation movies with the giant rims and the fucking white <laughs> leather and all that. It was just all tricked to it with the furry dice, the whole thing, right? Furry dice. And, I, and it was parked right next to the pool. So we kind of kicked about it and I just wanted to see the guy. I had to see the guy that drove it, right? And sure enough, he comes out. You better live up to my expectations, Bobby and Bumpers. Oh, up. listen, they came out of a CD place. He fucking matched his motor. He was wearing a mint green suit <laughs> with a giant white hat, the whole fucking nine. They exist, they're still a boot. I don't know if he was a real pimp. I still think that's oil wealth, man. Aye. Still think that's oil wealth. I think it's well with the pimp. No. Right, do you know what? See, the thing is, I feel left out here because both of you have been to the States. And you've not been to America. No, I've not. But Mick's see, been to America. Like, Mick's Mick, toured America. Mick though. goes to America every second week. <laughs> <laughs> I went on holidays. Mick's toured America. Tell us a wee bit about like, what's, what's touring America like? By the way, don't leave out the bit where you get your arm broken and had to play the rest I see, of the this tour. is a oh, right. <laughs> legend to you, Mick. This is what I heard about you. My kind of tours compared to like. Normal tours like Willie Nelson where people take you places. What I do is I just, like, I should have been a travel agent, you know what I mean? So I go <laughs> I go and Skyscanner and I do mad searches like UK anywhere and Reykjavik and all that. And so I get it cheap, then I go, then I work the gigs out. Aye. People, people want to book us, but I was there in, uh, aye, since last summer. No, aye, last summer, that's my third trip there, but that was the longest, that was three weeks, man. And I got to take uh, my missus and my Wayne. And we doubled where did the up. tour start and where did you go through? I started in Reykjavik in Iceland. Right. Boston. And then met Cammy Black in Boston. Then we went to New York, played Manhattan. I, I, Manhattan's going to get the fucking Dublin and London treatment where it's a fucking dear hole. You uh, know what I mean? And then we went to Brooklyn and Jersey. Flew to Chicago. Done Chicago, man. Eighty big fat pizzas, is man. Is this all with the rain? <laughs> it's all with the rain. How amazing is that? Being I don't just start, right? Here's down. the thing. See, every time Mick goes on a plane, see on his Facebook, it's Aye, a picture of me Mikey flying the plane. Aye, <laughs> in the cockpit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's 
I think I'm a hustler, man. That wee cunt's my fuck. She's into the cock. But uh, then we went to LA, met up with Natalie Clark, done the gig there. And then, 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 I was trying to figure it out, right, how am I going to get home? Like, will I go back to Iceland or will I go Canada? Just whatever's cheap. And then the biggest expense was about, like, UFC 200 was coming aye, on. Aye, aye. They announced McGregor. Fucking hero, right? Absolutely. Oh, don't get started. Oh, absolutely. Is it because you've got the same beard? Nah, my beard's better, man. Oh, Look it's way better. Your tattoos are better. better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was fighting, and so we went, right, Leanne. Leanne's a big fan as well. Believe it or not, she's like, it's but probably she, my She likes to sell. Up. Let's get the popcorn and watch somebody smash somebody's skull open. <laughs> it's, it's evolved into that, mate. It's evolved into <laughs> that. <laughs> At least they're happy and conducive marriage. So we say, right, fuck it. Until <laughs> she's doing a choke call, don't you, in your sleep? Fucking real naked. Hey, how many beers? You said you'd be him at 12, you Aye, dick. Tap out, you, tap out, you wee dick. So we, long story short, we went to Vegas, says, right, we'll spend six days in Vegas and I got a direct flight for Vegas, ain't we? Glasgow, but then they pulled Conor McGregor for the kid, mm-hmm. and that was a bit fucking that was shady for the UFC because a lot of people it came specifically. Did like he not pull out? No, he just so another a fighter. He, one of his teammates was fighting in Dublin, and uh, I remember his who. opponent, his teammate's opponent died. Oh, right, in the oh, ring, right. right? He'd done like fucking 13 world tours promoting fights, and his last two or three opponents always pull out last minute. That's how he, I mean, you can say that's how he got beat after Diaz. Because he ended up Merlin's, fighting Diaz just because. He did die, and it was 10 days' notice. So he didn't want to get heard about and do all these, these media things. You're talking about like going from Iceland or Dublin to Las Vegas. I mean, it's not like New York. So he says, I'll meet you in New York. And he goes, like, No, you need to be here. So he went, Fuck you. I think his tweet is going, I've decided to retire young. Thanks for the cheese. <laughs> Catch you there. Right. And then he says, He says himself, Fuck me. That escalated social media like we were talking about. Yeah, so they pulled Maffet, and I was like, ah, Nah. And I still hope that they put him back on, but they didn't. Then the best thing happened. The best thing happened. I'm, glad, I'm so glad that he didn't do that because he got Lesnar back. I love pro wrestling, Mick, right? And see, when I like UFC, I like UFC because it kind of is turning a wee bit into pro wrestling. And that's what put Conor McGregor on my radar because oh. finally there's a guy with a better personality. He's got a charisma up the arse. He's fucking got a mouth on him. He can back it up. I love, I love Conor McGregor, right? But see, now the recent shit, it's annoying Aye. me. But that's no him. I mean, that's see, see just there what happened with the bottles and that. Like, that, Diaz, that was I seen the Diaz. I love, I love these whole kind of thing. Fuck the fucking Diaz brothers, huh? a cockroach team scuffies. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I know, but he's done that before. That's funny. But that, I took it to another level. Diaz left, and then he's with a team of like 20 guys, and he's Aye. like walking out going, fuck you. He launched a wee, like a bottle was nothing in it, but he lobbed it towards his missus. And McGregor, it's kind of, if he sits there, he's got to be a pussy. So he just. Why fun. do you not run for him then? Why do you have to lob stuff at him? I bet he lob water bottles. He yeah, he lobbed cans he and that. Monster in it. I mean, you don't fuck with people for doubling their glasses. You know, I know, just, but you don't do that. He was flinging cans into a group with like Waynes and reporters Wayans, and people yeah. that yeah. should be. Yeah. He was he, well, innocent people. He was throwing, he was throwing cans to innocent people. No, he's talking about people. you don't fuck with people for Glasgow or uh, Dublin. That yeah. right? Remember that comedian we seen? Yeah. He says the guy uh, Scott Gibson. Or oh, the guy who opened it for Frankie Boyle. I've right? seen this comedian, right? And he says, this is just, sorry for interjecting and in that, right? right? But he says that he's, he was in Barcelona and he says, and see if you're like any Scottish person, <laughs> as soon as you get off a flight, he says, and you step out into that new city, you look about and you go like, I'm probably the hardest cunt here. <laughs> 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 but I know what you're saying. Yeah. People from Glasgow, and uh, see, especially certain parts of Dublin, man, you just wouldn't know. Oh, like swords and all that. Even where McGregor's fake Crumlin, you know what I mean? It's like Govan, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and what I like about this, this guy is, three years ago, he was in the welfare. 
and he's come in and look what he's made himself. He's amazing. I know, he's incredible. He's the ultimate trash talker in that industry. See, without him, he sells tickets. That's what brought him to the level he's at. He can back it up, but he's got a personality. He's got an on-screen presence. That's why Lesnar done so good things with Lesnar in the UFC. I think they rushed him too much to to be the guy. Uh They should have had him build and had him do a couple of fights and build up to it, but they just wanted to bring him in because he's a monster, the whole thing. He'd he'd a trophy, another thing, so they were kind of capitalising on that. There's something shady about that and all right, because seeing the UFC now, they're doing this drug testing like and it's like they can turn up at your house anytime uh, but see to fight like you've got to be in the cycle of getting tested four months prior to the fight uh, so they they were like I broke doesn't need to do it because like obviously got rid of McGregor then they weren't even talking to him four months nah. before that fight so, so they, 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 they bypassed that and apparently passed some drug tests but it turned out he was just at the fucking girls when he fought Mark Hunt Mark <laughs> Hunt's gone fucking rad she's <laughs> like that <laughs> because he made a fortune didn't he he made uh, a, aye, like, aye, 10 million at least the thing is because Lesnar's coming for WWE as a part timer right enough but they have uh, a, as they say a strict oh, well. wellness policy that a thing that I don't think he being a part of WWE have a strict wellness policy. Kind strict of program. Wellness policy. Like drug testing, drug testing and stuff. And WWE. All, and WWE, but there is. Ass. But that's the thing. There's, there's <laughs> right. certain guys. Do you think there's certain guys that are, you know you can just look at them? You know they've been exempt. Triple H, the main dude. I don't think he's ever ever done anything like that before. Right? He's never. He he's been on steroids forever. And I don't think he's ever been caught for it or anything like that. But he's above the law, kind of mm-hmm. in that organization. And somebody like Lesnar, who's such a draw, mm-hmm. who brings so many eyes to the product, and he's only part time. I don't think he'd be subject. To because the wellness policy either, and then how do you take a guy like that who is an incredible physical, amazing I can't athlete? I imagine right? that anybody he's in an that amazing WWE athlete world is in UFC are going to want to bring him in, but he's coming in for what they look at as a half joke kind of entertainment thing. But uh, the guy it, is a real athlete. Oh, they are already real athletes. I mean, but it's entertainment in the sense right. that so that the. the the strictness and all that's not going to be there. there the same way as with UFC you know? but that's what McGregor says I mean he goes I've got the boxing game wrapped up because he was slagging the WWE last that week that was right? hilarious I mean, John Cena a big fat Mr about, Olympia about, motherfucker about, or something about 20, 20 <laughs> WWE wrestlers right fucking we are combined following a 15 million followers ah, on no, Twitter I know I've seen that fuck he started fucking biting back up he's gone like ah, I'm just selling fucking people he, goes, he goes I don't give a fuck I he goes like, I'm laughing all the way to the I, bank ladies. I, I think, think, they would leather the whole I roster think, I think that's funny that is funny it's I hilarious. think Conor McGregor is probably true for WWE either under contract right now or will be very be WrestleMania or something next year he, he, he says I'm laughing all do the you know why I think that right because he's a smart guy right but he's slagging all the roster. But you look at the ones he's slagging, he's slagging all the ones that potentially he could have a beef with, right? Uh-huh. He can say nothing, nothing but amazing things about Vince McMahon. Uh, he loves Vince McMahon. He loves Triple H. He I loves the don't. head fucking guys. He's never going to talk <laughs> shit about them because they're going to be his future bosses. But man. even if he did say something bad about them, they're business people enough oh, you to me? know that Conor McGregor will sell. If you can make Vince McMahon a fucking... Pound he'll bring you in, does they marry? They're, they always awkward, they always come back to WWE. When's they always come back. The only one who's never came back, but it's going to probably happen is CM Punk, who's going to be coming up to 203 in it. His fight's uh, next month. It'd be interesting to see if a 38 year old guy can go for any. I think he'll fucking nail it. I mean, it's a hard one because people think, like, like casual viewers of the UFC just think it's like going there and fight, but there's like Muay Thai, there's like jiu-jitsu, so I mean, so for a 38-year-old guy to go in as a blank canvas, 38, bodies bust up for doing like 300 days, like flying through tables and all, right. it's a lot to ask in like a year and 
just over a year. But, he's put in a lot of training, though. But see, I mean, even the haters with that, this is the problem with this world. Even the people like moan about Conor McGregor and that, I cannot fucking handle people who like talk shit about people who have got a dream and they're in the position to date and try Aye. and fulfil it. And people who are successful, people go, I'd be shit. Fucking shut up, you're a jealous bastard. Everything in this world comes nah, down to money and jealousy. If he's at the I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I see a lot of music shit. Oh, fuck me, man. You know, I do. I see a lot of music shit. Do you know what, though? I do wish everybody the best. Aye. I do. You know what? There's nothing wrong with slagging somebody after. I can see at the end of the day, if you can't take criticism. See, when I asked uh, Gary, when I asked Giggs about using the tune for the uh, uh, Dodge the Bullet, mm -hmm. um, I, I said to him, I hope you don't mind I mentioned your name on the podcast. And he says, you can say what you want about my band, even if it's bad, because that's just the way it works. Yeah. And that, 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 when you, I think when it is, because we've, we've been recently, we just started posting the podcast and we've been getting feedback mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's just something that any kind of creative endeavour that you go up and you put it out there, it's no yours anymore. It becomes the Aye, property of everybody else. So whatever they say, good, bad, indifferent, you take it and that's well, just what I you I think do. if you just accept that you're doing well and you don't give a rat's ass for it. Don't give a fuck about it, man. Take, I mean, I'm... I'm my thirties, late thirties now, and it take. I mean, you'll be the same, Stevie. I mean, it takes a lot of fucking. I mean, it takes a good few. You can become bulletproof, and I'm. I've, uh, I think I'm bulletproof now, but that's a lot of fucking years. I like. What do you say that about? Who gives a fuck? Uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, somebody else's treasure, somebody else's shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, aye. well, that's it. I remember uh, years ago when I was playing in Dublin and. The uh, the punter tried to slag me, but the, by slagging me, they slagged Bob Dylan. I remember that. It was that. fucking ridiculous. Oh, so they went like that. I blame Bob Dylan for guys like this. I'm quite brilliant, it's the best man. Best review I've ever had. <laughs> exactly. I remember, uh, sorry to interrupt. I remember doing yeah, a gig cool. when I was dead young, man. Like, that was the first band I was playing in. Bands, uh, the guys were older than me. We were playing Cat House. I was about 16 at the time. And we were supporting this mad band, right? And it was mobbed, it was mobbed with their people, and we were on, and it was just. Oh, it was nothing discreet. You're fucking shit. These mad women going, you're fucking, you're fucking shit. And I'm like, shut up, you fucking mad cow, man. I got a fucking mate. And I was like, look, Nicky, your bird, your bird's fucking hack it, man. <laughs> Ended up needing, like, any cattles, man. All these roadies, man, had to make a fucking, a, a <laughs> sorry, Gordon, man, at the stage to get me off. I'm like, look, you're fucking, your bird's a fucking cow, and all that shit, just going to back, fight cheeky, fire with fire. A cheeky wee guy for Govan, getting your pelters for Jesus a microphone. Christ, Cardano tall. <laughs> Eh? Come Donald. Fucking listen to that shit. Come Donald. He just works in Govan, eh? Right, he works in Govan. He's a bit Govan all his days. Yeah, I drink Govan. Oh, shit. Fucking easily found somebody wants to take my face. What kind of music did you get? What kind of music got you into music? What was your first kind of albums and that kind of stuff? I ain't come back. I mean, I ain't come back a long time, but remember, my house wasn't a big musical house in the sense, but I remember like we had this sort of hi fi and they were at there were a double-sided tape uh, and on one side was Bruce Springsteen. Right. But that came and then ended up going back to Springsteen. But I loved, like, uh, I like, I fucking remember fucking loving Guns and Roses, but mm. Pearl Jam were probably, and it could right. still be, like, I mean, your music taste evolves, but I've always stuck with them. I went to see them, like, three, four times. So I like you too, but I, I love Jason Isbell, the new and all that. I'm going to bring, bring in Transmission Room, right? I'll tell you why, because see Pearl Jam, right? The, uh, no, I'm no, I'm no bringing, I'm no, uh, in a sense, uh, I, I'm bringing you into this, Diane, right? But, okay. But, um, see, uh, years ago when I heard Stevie Riley, right, right with his he band, right? 
who, who also is an engineer One in of here. our top engineers, yes. Yes, yes fantastic engineer. Um, his band, I heard a track after him, right, and it would have fitted. Ah, it sounded like and, I remember And that, a Pearl Jam album, man. Um, so, me and, we, we said it straight away when we heard it. We aye, said, that sounds like Pearl we Jam. We thought that, aye, uh, you know, but he's like, no, and no, And then she's, no, no, that's, that's his band, you know, so. Um, but I, mean, I, we all admire the Pearl, I think, are you, do you like Pearl Jam, Diane? No particularly, to be honest. I don't think. Oh, shut up, Ben. Shush. Right, mate. Fuck up, Diane. Bye. <laughs> no, but Diane likes. Uh, she likes. So, what was the first album that you stuff remember like Duran Duran, actually so. paying That's your right, money and for? King Crimson <laughs> and all that stuff. Totally wishy washy, you. Don't you judge my music taste. <laughs> it's only the Duran Duran thing. I'm sorry, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll defend them till my death, man. I really Even, will. Is it because you fancied Simon LeBon? No, it was because I fancied the drummer. John Taylor. Do you, no, do you know what? Roger you know what? Taylor, I've always had See a bit of a soft Queen? spot for drummers, man. Roger Taylor? Roger Queen? Taylor was the drummer. No, he was both the drummer in Queen and a separate Roger Taylor, just coincidence, the same name was a drummer in Duran Duran. Well, well, funny. Oh. Oh. No, no, did I? I didn't really I knew John it. Taylor was the good looking guy on the keyboards. Everybody didn't have no fancy no, him. Oh, John Taylor was the good looking guy on the bass. Oh, great. Nick Who Brooks is a good looking guy on the bass. By the way, I'm going to say it, right? By the way, John Taylor was an amazing bass player. All right. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's when you, you, cool no, you can have a cool question. But when you sit and listen to stuff, right? Mm-hmm. See, see, like we were listening earlier on. We were listening to this funny track right. earlier on, right? Right, right? And I was listening to how careful. To, I know. A bit, <laughs> it, it's it was a song about weed, weed, weed. Ah, right? it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's a fun tune, right? So uh, it's just something that they've been working on in, in the studio. Yep. Well, uh, or a band was working on, and and me being an admirer of other musicians. We're, you're sitting laughing your head off going the lyrics are hilarious Aye. Mick's laughing his head off and I'm sitting listening to how tight the drummer is Aye, right. just so, breaking it down uh, exactly but that's uh, Duran Duran no matter how shite I think they are mm-hmm. uh, the boy's a mean bass player man mm-hmm. um, back to Mick ask him his question what was I, the first album you remember your own hard earned money buying fucked if I fucking remember <laughs> I mean, I, what did you tape off the radio I think back when you Used to like tape the top forty. I don't know why. Because even back everybody then, everybody did. Shite, uh, that was know, before really we all knew Neil Fox's dirty but, secrets. Aye, uh, fucking <laughs> the Beast BC. Like that. <laughs> I can remember like buying like. Uh, I'm I'm still the way I'm other now. Like see if like, a Pearl Jam record comes out or a or a Springsteen or somebody uh, I like. I go and I download it. I'll download it off uh, iTunes, but I'll always go and buy the hard, aye, the hard copy or something. Like like there's certain guys that you only certain aye. Aye. and there's, I mean. There's good music out there, do you know what I mean? Everything's good, but I tend to always go. It takes a lot for me to go, fuck, new band, let's listen to them and, and yeah, still, keep yeah. listening to them. Do you know what I mean? White Buffalo done it actually, like when, that was just through watching Sons. So Jason Isbell does that for me. Jason Bell, do you know? See, my mate's a big Jason Isbell fan and he was a drive by truckers fan. And he kept talking about them, talking them. And I was on Spotify, right? Spotify's a good thing for a consumer, but it's a fucking singer song, right? I make money, it's shite, right? But I pay premium and I like it, right? Because I can lie in the bath and play fucking whatever, right? I know, but see, at the end of the day, see these people like Sir Jason Isbell, right? He ain't going to be starving. No. no matter, because he could play Glasgow the Moran. Well, do you know how I came, right? a, do you know how I, how I came across Jason Isbell? It was pure, look, right? I was in a bath and I... I was in a bath and I wanted to hear the Cover Me by Bruce Springsteen but the uh, live version oh, right? right. Uh, he does so a fired good on and it's like uh, the the band singers, so he does his own song like, Cover Me, me. Uh, and then after it it just it went on to Cover Me Up uh, by Jason Isbell and I was like what the fuck is this 
fucking, this is a brilliant song. Uh, it's a brilliant song. Uh, mate, and then, so I repeated that about four times and I was like, right, my missus came in for work because you need to hear this fucking song. She's like that. I, I did that to him. <laughs> Dana, <laughs> all the time, I sent him links, man. I'm like, I've heard Todd Snyder, he's so funny. Oh, he's amazing. Have you heard Todd Snyder? I've not heard Todd Snyder. Oh, he's incredible. No, no. He got me in. He's, he, I think you heard like one or two albums or something. Like, I don't know why them. I, I, I can't hate uh, any Todd Snyder, but I remember, oh, it was all through that daft uh, beer run. Uh, uh, it was beer run. It was a funny story. He tells, he tells a story about beer run. He wrote a song called Beer Run, right? <laughs> B-W-W-R-U-N beer run right all you need is a car and a drive no all you need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver right B-W-W-R-U-N right anyway so he he wrote it as a joke it's a novelty song right he wrote it and he played it live as a joke right but some guy and we can get this and we can share it on the Tumblr page right because some guy heard it and what happens is, uh, Todd Snyder says he's sitting in his house one day and, and uh, his agent phones him up and he says, by the way, I've, uh, Garth Brooks has ripped you off. Garth Brooks, right? So he's like, ah, what? And he goes, and, but Todd Snyder says, man, do I need to come downtown for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. So, so his, his, uh, his agent or whatever it is, his management says, do you know what, we'll sort it. So... Eventually, what happens is they uh, he it, it, he meets the guy who who wrote the song. Do you mean a party or something? Aye, like, at something a party, weird, right? And it's the very same guy who wrote "If Tomorrow Never Comes," right? Aye. Right. So he's like, ah, this guy wrote "If Tomorrow Never Comes," and then he finds out the guy's name and goes, "You're the guy who stole my song, <laughs> right?" And do you know what the the guy said to him? Technically, I didn't. He's like, what do you mean technically? And the guy went away into the legal side right. of how many lyrics and how many things that he could steal dirty. because the guy... Fucking rat bastard. Yeah, exactly. So so then Garth Brooks is selling this record, right? And he, I mean, at the time Garth Brooks was away, you know... Was he this was, when he was like fucking... Yeah, I can't, I can't still fucking huge. He could fill it like Coke Park and Ireland, like fucking... Well, he, he did. Well, and, and he, he cancelled it because they wouldn't give him more than three fucking dates. At fucking, yeah, he wanted five, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, you to I fuck didn't think he was still a boot. Mate, he's still a boot. Well, oh, you know one of the first albums you ever bought? No. No, no, no oh, one of the first I, albums I ever bought. You had loads of Garth Brooks. I did. Right. I did. Fucking dick. No, but do you know what happened? <laughs> do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? See, see, the, uh, uh, people think I shit, uh, uh, I shit all your pop music as well, mm. which I don't, by the way. You but, bought right? fucking Hanson's Mbop. Ah, that's a load of shit. Somebody made that, that up. Somebody made that up. He bought Mbop. Eh, by the way, have you seen them recently? Aye, I, I seen that where they done that acoustic and it was it's fucking brilliant. banging me. It's brilliant. Some it's Christian acoustic rock. Right, anyway. I wonder what skeletons are in Navy Bastards closet. I wonder what skeletons are in his fucking closet. Mine, what are you talking about? I'm proud of every purchase, every single one. Do you know Do you know the thing we, we have with us, right? I'm proud of every single one of my purchases. My first LP, that I bought with my first LP, I've still got it. It was a fucking vinyl, I bought it in the bars, and it was the best of Dire Straits. Right, listen, he is fucking very fortunate, right? He lived with just his dad. Aye. Right, him and his dad. Right now, I don't know about you, right, but your dad probably had the best taste in music in your house. My mom listened to Cliff fucking Richards. Right? My dad loved Shirley Bassey. Oh. <laughs> Shirley Bassey can sing, by the way. She's a bitch enough. Fucking, come on, aren't she? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 What's that song she does? What's that? 
What's it? It's only diamonds are forever. Everybody. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mutant. Shut it. See, the thing is, we spoke about like uh, the Welsh Wonder last week. Was it last week we spoke about the Welsh aye, Wonder? Tom Jones, aye. Tom Jones. And Shirley Bass is up there and all, and she's, she's is an a amazing Welsh singer. Wonder, but fuck Tom it, Jones man. was the man. Do you know Tom Jones used to dip his dick in Listerine? <laughs> what? Tom Jones what? used to dip his dick in Listerine. Why? Is this a joke? No, it's just because he used to like. Because he was, he was, he, he was kind to the groupies. He's missing. Then you want to leave a bad taste that's in their exactly mouth. That's exactly what some. It goes along the, the lines like somebody, like his missus, like let him have a fair's and all that. Aye, I know. She was just a wee housewife. Uh, well, she, just stay with don't let him see it. But that was a legend that he used to dip his dick in listerine. Well, that's the thing. He just released a book recently and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? Was all the sex stories? Was all the rock and roll? And it's, there's none it's here. Aye, but he's probably done that out of because, respect for his missus. Fuck his missus. Tom Jones run away, done it. Wait, so you want to read about Tom Jones's sex? How I read about all the stuff that happened around the book because that's Bader's whole fucking play well, retreat. He's boys his manager, isn't he? He's boys his manager. Ah, so, that's right. And his wife manager. just passed away. Just oh, oh, so is that why? So maybe. Uh, and I don't I imagine if he's feel bad now. Don't you? Well, <laughs> Tom Jones dies, I'll come out then. I don't feel, feel bad about that. No, I know you slagged Eva Cassidy last time, and you're fucking. Actually, as the last he played last night, Gail Rosen. I play the guitar for him. She sings that songbird song. It's a beautiful song. Uh, Couldn't have a thing what happened that she fucking famous after she snuffed it. Ah, yeah, no, the no. shaking her head, do you know what I mean? Because basically, Songbird has been totally bastardised for Fleetwood Mac. Oh, uh, oh my God, I, are you a Fleetwood Mac fan, Diane? No, no, I but, used to be in a Fleetwood Mac tribute band. Oh. Do you know what? Wait to hear this. What do you think a Scottish name for a Fleetwood Mac tribute Fleetwood band is? Fleetwood Mac? No. You're close. He's so he's close. Very close. He's very Reverse close. Reverse it. 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 I and no, I don't really know what's going on to be honest. But, so um, what did you do in the band? I was the Christine. Singer? I was Christine McVie, so I did Songbird and all that. So you did all that. So uh, that's why you don't like Eva Cassidy. She stole your thunder. Huh? No, I'm. I, I I don't like Eva Cassidy because everything she does is as <laughs> wet as a weekend. That's and fucking right. Over, yes, man. I, She's I, rubbish. I can't believe. Well, woo, two weeks in a row, I'm slagging a deed last year. It's fucking great. <laughs> 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 See the thing is, but like, like you says, it doesn't matter if you're fucking dead or alive. Uh, you put music or art out there for the world to consume, then you need to take the shit that comes back. With How it. did we go on Eva Cassidy slagging her again? Because you were slagging somebody else. Tom somebody Jones. mentioned Songbird. No, he was. Aye, aye no. Aye, aye, you mentioned Songbird. I never they, mentioned Songbird. Somebody asked me, and then I, I critiqued it. Aye, exactly. <laughs> you said so that. We can play it. No, you said you he said that Gil Rose does a wonderful version. It's a lovely version. But I remember like my mate Benny was at a gig last night, and he was complimenting her, and he kept talking about Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks, and I was I was unaware that that was a fleet boot. I just thought that was an Eva Cassidy thing, but. I don't know everything, but I know a lot. But that's just one of these things. Aye, that I don't know. The, the thing is, the uh, but I, I just kind of leads us on to something pretty pretty cool. You deal with loads and loads of young musicians all the way through. Old musicians, young musicians, but I right down to the ages of like my main age, like ten or something. But there's no cliques. What's it kind of go without? What is it? You are you just try to get people so they can nah, nah, somebody to play their guitar and no nah, get fucking hassled after misses or something. Flicked it, flicked it in the sense that. No, there's no goal for me. There's no pat in the back needed or wanted. Uh, it's just that there's certain venues that you can get wins in. And, I mean, I don't mean that's true to 
but I'd much rather see like a thirteen year old boy starting out starting out as a thirteen year old than I would a fucking forty two year old cunt who's never got any better. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I don't, I don't mean that. Uh, I know what you're saying. There's you can no see sweets. a progress. Uh, I mean, Stevie, you've came to play a couple of nights, right? So I think Stevie's one of the best songwriters in, Glas- in Glasgow, right? And that, uh, but he'll come and play, and then Shucks. there'll be a, then there'll be a like to like. I mean, at 12, I, there's no cliques. I don't like cliques. Aye. I'm sick of cliques. I'm only in this Glasgow music industry because I fell into this. Uh, running gigs, I stayed, fuck, I played twice a year, and I went like, fucking double every two weeks really, to play. Yeah. I like, fuck that shit. Uh, it's see, the, you know, the problem is we had to go out of Glasgow. Aye, see, we were younger. Yeah, you, you had to play. Remember, you came through to Edinburgh to play. And I was making a fortune playing in Edinburgh Aye. and making hee haw in Glasgow. Really? Look at some of the gigs I got, like Glenn Hansard won an Oscar, do you know what I mean? Played Aye. with the frames, Damien Dempsey, mm-hmm. Declan O'Rourke. Do you know him? You knew Glenn Hansard, do you? I, well, I supported him and I've, I've, I've spoke to him, Mark Geary. I got to New York the first time through yeah. Ireland because I remember at the time. Uh, Fuck me, man. They were getting like five grand grants to like people go to South by Southwest. And I was playing oh, this really? New York Film Festival right. through Irish Connections, but it's a film festival and Gabriel Byrne and uh, Colin Farrell and all that were at it. Right? <laughs> so I'm the only sort of Scottish born act who's been invited to do that. They cunts when they gave me the price of a pint, do you know what I mean? But they would give you like Pillow Nutini or the, the guys serious, for the view, yeah. five grand with big record companies to go to South. Granted, Pillow Nutini gave it back, fair play to him, but yeah. I was just like, this is fucking corrupt, it's too clicky, man, and I, yeah. I don't like it. So I'm just kind of, I'm bulletproof now and I do my own thing, and I would say I'm one of the main fucking players in the, I, the scene, but I don't just... want to be. It's like, Matt, it's no. See, to I, be honest, right, I know you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, I don't mean this any bad way, right? But you could deal with it the hassle, couldn't you? Oh, big time, man. I mean, it's it's a lot of hassle running these gigs. I've like 70 and, acts a week, and then I've, I've fucking touring the world like three times a year, do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. the busiest, hard, most hard-working fucker I know but, in this game, do you know what I mean? But it is, even, even though, obviously, I mean, you get people who pretend that they're doing it because they're good, and it, I'm just a good guy and I'm doing it. But the thing is, you, obviously you make money out of it, right? Right? But I remember speaking to you about it. Well, I spoke to you about it on several occasions where the uh, where you sit, we we can sit and say, Oh, it makes money. To, aye, but I remember you saying that, that the kind of moral reward is is better, you know. Because mm. I, I mean, how many times uh, have, have you sat there and, like you say, you get a wee 13 year old guy coming in playing his mm-hmm. first gig or something, and then uh, you're sitting now watching them at, at 17, 18, and they've got four years of, or three or four the years of you gave them initially. Honestly, yeah. I mean... It just getting them somewhere to play. Uh, and, 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 and getting them to meet other musicians. I remember being a wee guy, and uh, and you're, you're trying to learn to uh, to play guitar, but you're yourself. Mm. See if you can put all the wee guys, all the musicians together. No, I'm listening with interest, that's well, all, and I was going to interject no, purely because... We dare to be guys in here call themselves R2. I listened to it. Did you hear? Of course I listened to it. Gushed out, right? 15 <laughs> years old, Aye. those two wee boys. I did, I was going to ask you. Aye, 15 uh, they are, and one of them in particular, what a stunning voice this wee boy had. I, I, that sounds derogatory, wee boy, because he's 15, he's not a wee he's boy. A wee guy, he he's, he's a wee guy, he is. He's a wee guy, he is. But I've got to say, and I really hope that they keep at it and come back well, in. Well, they should and get in contact with Mick. I was delighted <laughs> to help and encourage them mm-hmm. and they go, go away happy they'd never recorded before it was brilliant so experience it's like 
Jesus. Uh, I wish somebody had done that with me at that age. Well, I was fanning about, like, oh, I didn't well, do this, because I was just saying a couple of minutes ago that about I nearly caused a fucking riot at the cat house at 15 when I'm playing like with grown men and I'm getting heckled <laughs> off grown men. You don't even know their what 30s or 40s and I'm like, ah, I mean, you fuck yourself and all that, right? But now there's, there's younger men's nap that will come and all a day, all a day is a... You're a steward. Uh, aye, but I'll provide a safe environment for, for them to come uh, and you... come and sing. Any cunt fucking heckles away, man. I'll, I'll bang them out. I'll, <laughs> them out. I'll put them up fucking governor. They're, they're not hanging. And I don't... I don't want any part in the back fate. See, the way I work, people go, oh, how do you make your living off music, right? So I go to America, I make some money, right? I release records, I make some money. Basically what my gigs are, let's face it, they're open mics, but I take the time and I care to, I pre-book the act, so I'm not going to be left with a fucking, like, uh, me myself. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. So I run showcases. You don't even, you, so, lucky if you play one or two songs during that, because it's not about you. I never played I mean? last night, and obviously I can't, play all the time and I've got Scott but it's not about you if it was about you you'd be like look at me oh, there's too that. many people like that, let's be honest I didn't play last night at all I played the guitar for Gail uh, Scott helps me host him pay him a wee bit of money and uh, he's he's learned he took care of my gigs when I had to go on that three week tour uh, and it's just about a safe place so uh, what I mean every every penny for a, a royalty for a gig or a record to make money at my open, open mic it just goes on a pot to average out an industrial wage per mm. month Aye, so basically so you can make a living but see at the end of the day they, we're talking about the moral reward the moral reward is that these wee guys now I've uh, I've I recommended wee Matthew Gibb to you right? look at him now he's playing for me last night he's uh, flying man uh, like, it was a noisy crowd last night and that wee boy like it was really noisy right they were a, a retirement party and, and it was like uh, some of the wains were like they'll just stop playing through the noise. Be Matthew goes up, man, bang, plays a gambler straight away. They're all singing, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Crowd control straight away, and that's through uh, years, uh, and years, uh, and years and years and years and years. And he's got years. He's he's probably, Jesus, how much experience is that? What age is he now? 16? 15. 15. 15. I should know that, man. Just turned 15, I think. Uh, do you know, do, do you know the. You ever heard of Matthew Gibb? Ah, I think so, aye. Right, see, they, 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 there's a kind of weird tale with Matthew with Matthew giving myself but it was basically that so Matthew, I you watched you play once I said hi but this aye. is the thing right uh, I don't know did I tell you about this mate aye, how, I, I, how I care. well basically uh, my wife uh, my mother-in-law's died next door to Matthew's uh, Monda mm -hmm. and we Matthew honestly must have been he was a toddler he was only a baby man yeah. um, When and they used to come into parties aye. and obviously I'm there right and I don't really play the party hits on guitar right <laughs> but the songs that I do know they know, mm -hmm. which is cool because they've obviously got a half decent taste in music, right? If they're going, in fact, oh, I no. might have a half decent <laughs> taste in music, right? So I'm like, right, they said, I'll play a song, not so I'm playing the Saw Doctors. Now, if see if a wee guy hears the Saw Doctors, right, right. playing Ura Radio or Ura, Ura Hi Fi, right. he goes bananas. My wings go bananas. <laughs> no, my wings will jump about the house, right? Higby, the Magnificent Seven by The Clash, right? Really, yeah. Aye. Right. The bed was boing, boing, jumping the, the bed. Boom, boom, ba 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 boom, 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 boom. So, the, my mind's are jumping about. Now, this wee guy had had this experience with uh, with hearing the uh, the, the saw doctors in his mom dad's house or whatever, right? Do you so, know what? I thought you said the spin doctors. The spin? Well, they're, they're, they're don't diss the spin doctors, <laughs> by the, the way. Spin I had that fucking song around about my head and thinking, what, really, Alan? Aye, so he uh, had a wee guy, and then he comes in, and then uh, um, maybe I, I think I was playing some Saw Doctors tunes or whatever, right? 
and uh, and wee boys like that, he's only a, he's four year old or something. He's like that, just kind of sitting watching, take that, that watching, take that in, and and uh, and then his mum and dad says, oh, he loves the guitar now. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm like, all right, that's excellent. I look at him now, but he's just, I mean, he's been hustling at Edinburgh Festival through the summer holidays, aye, man. Aye, and, and that's it. The wee guy, his mum and dad says, oh, he wants a guitar. And there, was no, there wasn't any kind of musical people in his, uh, in his family or anything like that. I won't have played or anything like And then, uh, now I'm sitting going like that, wee buggers making more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, just... But they, do you they, know the thing is great though, even though you're man. encouraging these jump people, you get to be a musician, that's your job now. You see, get to be a nah, musician, you're gonna have to see, work a straight job. Nah, see, me and stuff, it's just fucking worse than a straight job, man. Sometimes I wish for a fucking hell, guy play guitar for a living? No, he doesn't, this is the thing. Nah. The whole, see, all that. See the fucking, see even if I, like, that American tour, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so I've got two stories for you and I'll tie them in. That American tour, like, to go and play for an hour, Right, in a nice venue in front of nice people and then some sell records. That's only on 10 minutes of your life. Yeah. The fucking emails going back and forth, the shite, the stress of having, like, you think it's hard to punt a gig in Glasgow, then go and try and date in LA or something yeah, like that. I suppose when it's like, so saturated. Or like last it? week, like, <coughs> due to be playing Barcelona, it's mm -hmm. been locked in for like eight months. It's been changed once, it was meant to be Easter. And I'm like, all right, September weekend, the Saturday I'm playing Barcelona. Right, now here's the thing. I couldn't be fucked with it. I wanted to cancel it, right? Yeah. Because it's just a, a hassle. So any, anyway, I like to take Mikey anywhere I can kind of go, if mm -hmm. I can. So I booked flights to go fucking, run out to get them there. I fucked up a date, didn't I, man? So I just spent <laughs> 250 <laughs> fucking no. quid, man, in flights. But, and they couldn't move, kind of, they wouldn't move it back because it's Barcelona City Festival and then I ended up turning it. I go, look, hey, I do your job times fucking 10. You try to tell me you can't find a tour pocket and a Saturday to put us on. So that was a way, so now it's like, that's the stress, and I've been spending all week trying to sort out, trying to get another gig. The, the, the office work, you're dealing with snakes and rats in this fucking right. game, do you know what I mean? I, so the I, actual playing the music party is just a, such a That's a relief, party. but even at that, but the thing with... Oh, it's different if you've got a tour manager. Mick seems to tour manage. He tour manages himself, and then obviously if he's got people coming with him, he tries to help them out. And that's, don't get me wrong, that's, that's admirable, right? But it's just but what it is, I mean, you just do it. I mean... I always say when I was like 14, 15, I'd make my living at this shit and that's what I did. So that's what I say to people, man, if you buy. But listen, if the arsehole didn't fall at the recession, man, I'd still be chasing money in a building site, no uh, doubt about it, man. Because like, uh, you're just you trying to feed off and just thought, right, what am I going to do? Paid off like three times and I went, do you know what? Is I was that what you done? What did you do before you actually done this full time? Uh, lagged the pipes. Right. Uh, insulated pipes and all that. Right. He done, he done it. What age were you when you stopped doing that? Well, no. The, no, because you, you were off and on. Off right? and on. Like, I mean, the same as me. You fell out here. I, I made my living off my first album. Uh, and then the Wayne came, or the Wayne was born, and then I went, oh, that's just the fucking paying enough money for a family. Yeah. Went on the sites and that, got stuck on that. Was running one gig mm -hmm. on a Monday night, a wee pint at the door job. And that's how all these guys came about. Other people wanted me to make you do a night for us. And I was like, no. And then I got paid after and went, I, do you know what? I will do a night, but we're making free entry and I'll hustle a guest list and I'll try and make it busy. So I'm the king of the midweek, do you know what I mean? But that way you've got control of your own night as well. I would have dated if I didn't have control, but there's the, there's a lot of fucking cunts who jump. I mean, people think like there's obvious. They claim it'd be fucking like we started this shit. You didn't start this shit. Do you know what I mean? Every cunt's been doing it. It's open mics, mate. Right. I took I stole it for the way the New York format was because it was all like slots and stuff like that. Ah, right. People go like that to Dublin me. Dublin was the same, man. Dublin was the same. People go like that to me. Can I play me on three songs? I goes no, and they go how no? I goes there's twelve cunts going to play and all of that. Aye, but I goes like see if you see if I ask you to play me on three songs like half an hour, half an hour or something, you should be wanting paid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm not going to pay you. 
Do you know what Aye. I mean? You can come and date if you want to date. Uh, if you, but you get some of them, some of these motherfuckers, man. There you go, me started like twenty-one <laughs> year old, right? <laughs> twenty-one year old, the fucking uh, is this a paid gig? It's three songs, you're fucking, <laughs> you're fucking knob, man. Have you heard yourself as well? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Calm the fuck down, man. If it was, if there was a paid gig, then I'm going to play all the slots up myself and I'm going to keep all the fucked money in it. Yeah. But it's it's hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, so see the thing is, but it's hard. See, no, no, when you're putting these gigs on, right? You see how many people there is out there trying to make money through music, right? Now, to me, hard. It, it, to me, it is. Uh, it's, I don't know. It, it kind of is deflating to me a bit that. That you know you, you can go out there and you can you can play, uh, and there's there's so many other people looking for mm. basically that's your job, uh-huh. and every, all these other people are looking for your job, you know. Uh, yeah. And you only have to you have to be really good. Let's be honest. If you are playing regular slots or you get a residency, you either have to be playing Hunter's covers, yeah, exactly, or you have to be uh, really 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 good. Um, How because, do you work it? Because your stuff is primarily all original material as well. Do you? No, that's what I mean. That well? the season mm. was fifteen. No, I don't play. No, I've maybe one or two like at the nights if I'm playing, I'll probably not play any of my songs because I'm I'm trying to punt a ticket. Aye, so you so want to like, if I'm going to try and sell it like a venue like King Tuts or the ABC, mm-hmm. play Songbird. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna be fucking playing at the open mics if I need to play two songs. Here, here's a here's a song I wrote. No, no, you pay fucking eight quid to come and see that shit. Aye, and aye. I just try to keep my. No integrity, but do you know what I mean? I'm trying to punt. Aye. I'm trying to punt myself. I've got days are oh, gone. It's, it's, it's letting people see your art, but but it should pay. It should pay for people's art. You know what so I mean? When you, see when you supported White Buffalo, how do you work that then? Because you want to give or give over like kind of your own material, but you also you're because you've you've got a big audience there. I you might say, but you want to get them kind of warmed up because you're the warm up for them. I, sm- I, sm- I smoked that. I went on and I done a half your set and I. I done it at the end of the set. I done dancing in the dark, right? And I got right. I got them all to sing, and then like I went into a bit of Taylor Swift because I ended up talking shit about her. <laughs> ended up talking shit <laughs> about it's her. It's only because of the Ryan Adams. No, oh, it, was, right, it was right. the, It was because she got fun out. Like I was on Twitter and I seen she got fun out. Like after uh, she was saying, "Oh, she's cheating on." No, no, she was like, "Can you call me a bitch?" And he never asked my permission. But Kim Kardashian. That's what I shit that. I remember that. Kim Kardashian's like fucking... fil- film. Can you in the phone? Here? She's gone. Oh, thanks oh, it's for fine, asking. Nah, me, can I'll you tweet it out and all that shit? So what did he say? What, what, it, it was, was in a Larry song or something like where he's saying that. Have you seen the thing? Have you seen? Oh, the, but so they're in cahoots. No, 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 no. Can you draw? Publicity stunt, Elliot. Aye, of course it is. Shite. So she basically says, uh, as a feministic <laughs> point of view, he's been he's bought, he put that lyric in the song and I never knew, but I wasn't asked uh, permission. But then she, he's been found like skinning permission. So I was playing the last couple of chords of Dance in the Dark, and I was like, "What about that wee fucking cunt Taylor Swift getting fucking fun of the troops?" Then everyone's laughing. Then I'm like, "Nice to meet you." And then I started, and I kind of stopped, and I was, like, "I don't know the fucking worst of this shit." So pretty much like accessible to your audience, kind of uh, like. Normal, but, but you've got a joke. You're there to do a joke, though. You're I, there I mean, I just that's I do a lot of my stuff off the cuff. I never write a set list. I go, do I you play, know? Now? No, I play the first song and then I work it for there. Right. And it, I sell a lot of merchandise. You need to put the feelers out with a crowd, but do you know? See, you, what I tend to do is I have a big list of my songs, right? Aye. And then I'll go, right, I'll play a tune and then I'll say, right, is this an attentive audience? Are they going to listen Aye, right. or am I going to have to play what I would call my party hats, uh-huh. right? So you would, uh, you would. You, you must have songs that are kind of attention grabbers. That are ones where maybe if you're losing the crowd, I mean, you know, for instance, like if I want, if I'm in a mood where I'm going, like a big call at the ABC, but it's an outstanding gig. Do you know what I mean? We did have it quiet, mm-hmm. but 
if I, if I want it quiet, I go in and I play one of my songs like Ultraviolet, but it's dead and it's almost like you're not playing it. But if I go in and I'm just like, right, I'll play something like that. It depends on my mood, it depends. But sometimes I'll go in and I'll just go, right, I've got half an hour here to impress, I'm just going to go in and smash, smash uh, this. Don't really want anybody coming up going, oh, that was a lovely, that was a lovely wee song. <laughs> that was a lo- no, I'm going in, I've got 1,200 people here, man, do you know what I mean? So I'm going to fucking, and yeah, I came Ah, yeah, I mean, but that's just... That comes with experience, doesn't it, Stevie? Do you know what I mean? That you just, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I get Wayne's what will write out. I'm just writing out my set list. You're playing three fucking songs. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Even Wait. adults, but Stevie, I'm talking about like, we're talking about, ah, you know, I guess, talking about like guys in their 30s writing out set lists for aye. three fucking songs. Come on, aye, we'll see that. <laughs> fuck me, man. Feel the crowd, out, you know what I mean? You're a fucking mug. Uh, or they've got their lyrics wrote down in their hand or oh, something. Shit, and they're like, you don't know your own. We'll see that. I forget I my own songs, but I've got, I've got a few, few so I mean. The older I get, man, I forget shit, and I just make shit up. Like, like, Do you make it up on his phone? I, mean, I look at posters or something and I just start singing. <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> like, like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> <laughs> I just make it up. It's, 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 like, like, it's like when you make a movie, Bob. Oof, it's like you made it up. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not. It's like, ah, hang me. We were talking about it last week, that mm. fucking film. Have you seen, uh, what was it, Suicide Squad? Aye, Suicide Squad. Have you seen it yet? No, right. I'm going to watch it when I get a bit don't of time. Don't. Fucking atrocious. Don't. I hadn't seen it, he had seen it. What's an Independence Day the second one? I've never seen that, is that bad? I heard it shite, even my mom said it was shite. She watched, <laughs> she watched fucking Steven Seagal movies. Did your mom watch True Movies? Oh, Steven Seagal But do you watch True, do your mom watch True Movies and all that? Have you seen that channel? Ah, it's amazing. Aye, don't start, it's amazing. Ah, it's only dav shows where like fucking Wayne swapped a birth and something uh, is knocked down. Actually, and then the fucking... next channel you know... for movies for men, and it? Do you know what I always remember? Aye. Is it not a true movie? Does that not turn into that at night time? Aye. Oh, like, it's like a fucking... Aye, it's up your... Big saxophone, aye. Retro Diaries. How come we all know the saxophone sound for a porno? I've been watching you from the bar all night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Her name the, was Esther. Every woman in name drinks martinis. <laughs> every. I know. Every so woman. you were on tour in Brooklyn? Well, see, <laughs> no, I fucking forget <laughs> that. I was there. somewhere to find out what happened. Well, but you see the life experience thing? Like Aye. I was saying, that, I mean, it comes, but you're not going to get life experience. I don't imagine anybody that's played my gigs apart from maybe yourself. Or, like, big Andy go to jail in New York right enough, but I don't imagine. <laughs> I don't imagine... Is he, is he getting back in? <laughs> nah, he's banned now. He's is still he? got sorted. What did man. he get a jail for? It's in a song. You need to listen to his song called The Bottle. You can get it off of there. Right. That's a story, because you might have him in the podcast. I it's a story. Him, it's right. a story. But I mean, I don't imagine any of my performers have ever got into a flight, fight in Halloween with two huge black guys in First Street and have the police looking dragging you off, man. I mean, well, the <sighs> police are dragging you off? Oh, mate, the story, right, so... I think if it was me fighting two big black guys, they'd be going like, right, he's had enough. I'm lying a lot. Phone my wife. I'll tell you the story as fast as possible. I can cut it. Like, starting Reykjavik, then went to Jersey, uh, played Manhattan. Sean Kennedy came, played Manhattan. Then we went to Sparta to play High Sparta. So we had a day off. Sean was playing the Path Cafe. It's Halloween. Mm. New York's, no traffic, New York, but just full Aye. of people. So me and my brother head straight for Bleaker Street. Who's a Marine? Ex-Marine. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, we attended for a few drinks at Bleecker Street. We're having a, a great... They were just like two brothers there having a few drinks telling us this, this is good, isn't it? Right? So we says, do I go see me, Sean? He's playing in Christopher Street. Like, cool. So As the song says. So we're now to... Is there a girl on Christopher Street? Aye. 
So we, that was, he was actually there filming the video for that, right. that song. Sean Kennedy's got a song called The Girl, the Girl on Christopher Street. Uh-huh. Oh, right, right. Okay. And uh, So we went to see him, and then we met up with Kat Healy, who don't for us, and Stephanie Mann, so a good pal. She she was playing, and I says, right, he was finished, I goes, right, me and my brother are going for a drink somewhere, right? right you just went into one of the bars we're talking about, but full of pimps? Nah, nah. Right. So, <laughs> Kat Healy wanted, Kat Healy wanted, was coming with she goes like ah, we'll meet up with Sean later on. So no bother. Went to this bar. And then me and Gavin's like, look, when we'll go back to Blue Street, we'll just say cat says I'm coming. I was come if you want, man. Like phone Sean or whatever, tell me you're going. Mm-hmm. Me being a chivalrous gentleman, I'm carrying our guitar for her right now. It's my day after I've not got my guitar right, but there's no traffic, there's nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just fucking people dressed as bastard and fucking spider man and all that, right? <laughs> so I'm walking with a stink. <laughs> We're just walking away, walk, walking, walking, walking. Guy stops in front of me. The neck of the guitar case hits half his calf. Oh, right. Sorry, mate. Went to walk, walk around him and I just heard it. You know, Gonna beat the two motherfucker ass. I've heard this jet. I turned around and I went like that. You beat no cunt, you fucking cunt. You know, is that the Glasgow community? Right, yeah, it was just, Aye, like right, I said, you're the hardest guy in right, so uh, that, New York at this point. It was just too. reaction, but it was like, I just heard them a wee snide comment and I could have fucking just kept walking. I yeah, turned, but you knew your brother was a very... Besides of these boys, mate, like, uh, I, I had that, like, so, he's, I went like, oh, what the fuck, you beat no cunt, you cunt. And he was like, he's got hey, man, and he's walking backwards and he takes a wee fly dig, right? So I've run and uh-huh. fly kicked this cunt, right? And just, right? <laughs> That's where the Conor McGregor beard comes uh-huh. in. No, but so... I just see from my peripheral vision, my brother's doing this, he's just putting this boy in the shins, man. He's just put, 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 put. So I ends up, me, me and him fought in the deck, right? I'm Where's Cat Healy at this point? Screaming. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. I'm trying to have a square yeah. go here with a big unit. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I fell, fell down, went to the deck, and I was like that to myself. First one at their feet wins, man, because if I get up, I'm going to put a shoe into him, and if he gets up, he's going to put a shoe into me. So I fell down, but then somebody... Oh, what happened? There's somebody got underneath us, right? right? Somebody got underneath us. I saw that we blacked it. thinking this is dude I'm fighting, right? So he's wearing these baggy jeans. So stereotypical as fuck, right? But he's wearing these baggy jeans. So I'm like, alright, I need to get to my feet, and I'm just like, ah, fuck it. I'm gonna bite this cunt in the cock. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the denim material in my mouth, and I'm about to sink down. And this boy's like that, and he's going, oh, mate, mate. And it's a different guy, then the coppers just pulled me by the hood, and then they stood us up. And then we're trying to play it down with the two guys. I'm like, oh, I need a bother, mate. It's done. And one guy, the guy I was fighting with, he's shaking my hand, but the other wee cunt what caused it, he's, he's fucking still giving it a mouth, no. So, so it was a good cop, bad cop. And the only reason I'm convinced that we never got to jail is because they were that busy with Halloween. And I, <laughs> really? I ain't busy with Spider-Man and That busy with Halloween. So then, me and my brother, so we're like, I can't hear it. Like, I'm putting a chain. You get to fuck back to Brooklyn, man, because this has happened and it was like a bit wild, man. And we did come up to us in the bike going, you be get the fuck out of town. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you talk to him. Gavin's like, leave it. Oh, you fucking shut your mouth. I was like, so we went to the boozer and I was like, yeah, man, I broke my wrist when I put my hand in or that. I was like, oh. he's gone. Shop your pussy. I was like, I'm telling you, man. So next day, I had to go to Norway, play mm. with, a, it was a broken elbow. <laughs> I broke my Fucking elbow, man. But I'm stuck. How many gigs left did you have to play after Just that? the one, just that Norway yeah. one. And I went with a broken elbow, and you could, there's an actual video for it, and you can see, I'm like that. Oh, fuck it. You can tell it's loud, because I'm doing a wee chord change, but I'm pulling this finger off, and I'm like that. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm at that face like, oh, that's so. Uh, so I waited to go back, and I wasn't finding anybody to go to a hospital in America yeah. or Norway, so I just waited to go back, and I was straight into that suffering general, man. And it was, the, the doctor who treated me was a pal of JJ Gilmore, she's seen me playing with him before, she goes, what happened? I goes, well, I feel, 
a few were close enough that I can tell you the full truth. Yeah. <laughs> like I banged it against a wall. And I fight with two big homeboys, man, in mm. New York. But it was all good. But as soon as we walked in the house, man, my sister grasped us up to my mom. You know what I mean? Both my thirties, she's just fucking, she dinked us both right in the cooking, man. She's like, <laughs> what are you doing? You could have been shot and looking back. It, could have, it was so stupid. It was uh, just, but. Like I said, you're in, you're Glaswegian. You're in a. Your t shirt says Glasgow as fuck. Aye, right? I mean, aye. But, is that is that big Andy that invented that Glasgow? Aye, it's his man. His boy could make a fortune for them, man. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen the Glasgow's? Fuck? Oh, you have seen the Glasgow. Oh, you have seen the Glasgow. That's cool. Amazing. Aye, is that him that made that the T-shirt? Aye. Because there's a great photo of you in America. There's a couple of photos of you in America. Wait, is, there one? Is, is, is it your poster you use? It's your tour poster. Ah, it's you just use? pictures. And then I just go into that font or what, and I just write shit on it, like Mick Cargan appearing with the. Depends. That's what I said to him before. I says, "Oh, you're pal Mick making up his post like Mick Cargan and friends. Who the fuck is Elvis Costello all of a sudden?" <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if anybody's playing a gig with me abroad, I'm going to be mates with them. And I, I, like, I've grown into realising this when I was trying to get gigs off like sort of famous people. Mm. They'd be like, oh, that's an old pals act. But that's an old pals act. And an old pals act's all right if they're your pals. You know what I mean? You've got to sort your pals out first. Do you know what I mean? Like me and Stevie have done, we've done a few things, but those much. No as much as like, I hope, you know what I mean? But one day you might be in holiday somewhere and I might yeah. be passing through doing a gig and I go, Stevie, well, see, <laughs> let's I, do this. I, no, I was talking to Kieran about it, right? Uh, uh, Kieran Sigler Papa from Shandy. Papa Shandy in the drums. And uh, I was talking to Kieran about it and Kieran was, if, I mean, before, I, in fact, I think I was on well at the time and I went to meet him for a coffee and uh, he uh, he was saying to us, oh, we should, you know, do a few gigs together, maybe play a couple of festivals mm. and that. I says, aye. Fuck festivals. And, and then Kieran basically... Do you like festivals, man? Nah. Basically, uh, Kieran, Kieran was saying, see if we're going anywhere, playing music, makes a man to speak to. What do you not like with festivals? What's the problem with that? I've never paid money to go to a fucking festival, man. The only way you would see me in a festival site, an outdoor festival site in Scotland, would be if I was playing it. And even at that, man, I just don't fancy it. It's just fucking stinking, man. I remember as a wee guy, my dad used to take my brother's camp and I used to stay my mouth. Fuck that shit. Man. I would love... <laughs> if I'm honest, I would love to play Cambridge. Really? Yeah. Oh, Cambridge Folk, Folk Festival? Aye. Aye, that, I mean, that's no, that's different. You mean Latina that, Park? That's like them? fucking the New, Newport Folk Festival. I'd like, to do, I'd like to do Coachella or Primavera, know what I mean? It's Spain. Aye. Coachella's maybe. I've never, I mean, I, I wanted it, when I was younger, I wanted to play Tina Park, but at Hodgesney. No, nah. I know what you're saying. See, Even Glastonbury, man, I'd knock it back. See, no, mm. a lot of this stuff's all wishy washy shite now. I mean, put it this way, they had the, they have people like Stonin with a fucking. Laptop. Aye, that's that's how I was always that's really a curious. That's right? See, somebody's a live musician. Uh-huh. I was always curious about. Uh, in my taxi, I pick up a lot of people, take them to the SECC, and it was Calvin Harris's or not. These fucking DJs now that are playing huge rooms. Right? I don't get their act, and nobody can actually explain it to me either. And these are people who've been to see these people. See the hang but I seen the. Why kit. is it? Is, do they have a laptop? Is it on there? How do they perform? It's like that Calvin Harris. Calvin, he doesn't fucking drag Rihanna out. No, and then... Calvin Harris is different in the sense that Calvin Harris creates that song. So he sits in the studio and he makes that song. Right. His live show, I've never been to his live it's show. It's lasers and shit like it that. Lasers and shit on a laptop. But he's got a residency in Vegas. So, uh, But yeah. he creates the song. I've got a problem with fucking people who will just press play in somebody else's song. Aye, he just song. makes it. So, Aye. But see, um, see, i seen the Chemical Brothers years ago, right? right? And I was really, really impressed by them. i never seen them live, mm. but i seen them on uh, the Glastonbury fucking highlight thing. And I was really impressed with them, right? But they had a big, massive setup, right? And I'm starting looking at it, new, looking back, going, 
Did I read it or that? No. Right? They were jumping under each other. They had like loads and loads of kind well, of tables. There's going to be a certain performance aspect here because they can't <coughs> show you their instruments. They can't no. go out there I, and play something. The one they, thing about the they, Chemical that, that Brothers was is they were, uh, they were basically properly kind of mixing and scratching, right. man. Uh, and they didn't have, you know, like a uh, uh, thing me. Rihanna shine like like a bright day diamond. <laughs> <laughs> does, does he just play that track then when he's doing I don't it know. live? I don't, I don't know how it works, but I'll tell you, I'll take my hat after the boy, man. For, oh, he makes a fortune, doesn't it? Absolutely, more power to him, but I just seen, don't understand the best how thing, you can go and see him live. The best thing about Calvin Harris is his physique. Right? Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Have you seen original Calvin Harris? He looks like a wee skinny stoner boy from fucking Dundee or whatever he's doing. Dumfries, wasn't it? Dumfries, right? Yeah. And yeah. see now, he's uh, a Calvin Klein model, man. Well, he's, he lives in LA now. Right? He Cal- makes millions every... Any car can look like that. Well, exactly. And he's, he's had relations with Rita Ora. And uh, oh, he was... He was having relations with Taylor. I'm shrugging my shoulders at these. But you're talking about this as a boy for Dumfries. I mean, that's two pop stars, man. He's having the relations. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it relations. He be having all the relations. I wonder if he dips his knob in Listerine. (laughs) (laughs) But Calvin Harris, he's like, Cammy Black's feel like Annan, and he's like, his mates used to play in Calvin Harris's band. Good mates and all that. Does Calvin Harris play instruments? Aye, I, I know Mark Ronson does. Aye. I, th- Aye, but I think he does. Is this Dan O fucking guy for the Clash? Who? Mark Ronson. No. Is Dan O John Ronson for the Clash? His dad's a cock because he made them. I don't know. Mark Ronson. Diane, can you, des- can you do Google something for us here? Certainly. What is Mark Ronson's relation to the Clash? I think he's got, he's like, Ronson musically, Seal. he's got two dads, I'm sure. Ronson. Oh, his dad is famous. His dad was a, a trumpeter or something. I can't right. mind. I'm checking as we go along. I'm sure here, he's got there something. Is a definite something about He's got something to dad. do with the clash as well. Because I remember I seen an interview with him and he was talking about the clash. And I'm sure is is the is the guitarist known in the clash, John Ronson? Is that not right? No. I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think that would be a fact. That I like to think like fact wise, I'm usually quite good. <laughs> Right, his father is Lawrence Ronson, who is a music manager. Right. That's all it says. Who's his stepdad? <laughs> no, listen. Stepdad, Who's right. his stepdad? Okay, I shall read on. You carry on. Who did his mom marry? Because I'm sure his mom married a famous musician guy. Aye. And that's where he got his music primarily for, even though his dad was uh, famous. I could be fucking totally making this up, but I'm sure I read it. Be fucking brilliant, but if his stepdad made, like, he was an inventor for Ronson Seal. <laughs> Is that Ronson? <laughs> seal your shed. <laughs> seal your garden shed. <laughs> Oh, I'm see oh you. wow, right, okay. I don't know who his stepdad is, but his mum's related to Sir Malcolm Rifkind and Leon Lord Britton. Fucking dirty. Tories. Fucking Tory cunt. Tories. Tories, really? Right, oh. his mother married foreigner guitarist. Foreigner guitarist. What's Mick his name? Jones. Mick Jones. Mick Jones. That's what I'm getting the clash thing for. That's what I'm getting the clash thing for, because Mick Jones is also in the clash. So Correct. he's a guitarist and foreigner. Somebody's phone's going. There you go. That's what it is. No, no you, nor me. It was some performer thinking they had the audacity that they could call the king. <laughs> Send a text. <laughs> I bet I see it, you, Bob. No, Aye. you need to watch, like, I know you're into your films and stuff. Aye. There's a TV series. It's no Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's called Gamora. All right, I remember the movie. Well, I don't, I've never seen the movie, but this is a two series set in Naples. It's a bomb. Is the TV series no a sequel to the movie, I think? Is it a prison thing? No, it's like, Basically, it's based like a on gangster the, thing, it's it? based on the Camorra. 
in Italy. Right. But it's it's not the Camorras and Glamorized. It's like Is it no Gamora? Aye, the program's called Gamora, but the, the guys called Gamora. the Camorra. All right. So yeah. basically, like it's in Naples, so it's like we Italian cunts and shell suits, man. Oh, is it? What era does it take place? To the top, to the bottom, uh, this era. It's right now, isn't it? Because uh-huh. I'm sure the movie was like. Uh, Aye, that'd be back in the day. 80s and the 90s, sort of thing. And I remember Scorsese spoke about it. Scorsese kind of gave it his seal of approval, and that's what kind of gave it Aye, his the movie? size. Aye, have you seen the movie? The I, don't know. I, don't know. I can't believe you've not seen that film that Scorsese. Directed. Uh, no, that he'd recommended. Sorry, I know. I, I usually do catch up with all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, let's get him in this. Uh-huh. Hi, we were talking ages Could... ago about uh, Scorsese. Kind of weirdly came up, right? And we forgot about a movie as well. What? Oh, that uh, he directed. Uh, do you, you've obviously seen uh-huh. those movies. Sort of thing. Have you listened to the, the first podcast? Aye, I skipped a bit, of it, but of course you missed it. What a business! It's a bit long. People. <laughs> People's going to skip you, no, you can't. Sorry, I, I, I would skip me right Are you a up. casino or a good fellas guy? Uh, both. No, both. It's just like picking your favourite bow job you've ever done it. It's hard, but I, that's exactly the way I feel. Aye. Like my life, see Stevie talks about booking acts and all that and being Aye. a musician. I feel like fucking Henry Hill and Goodfellas, man, but he sees trying to fucking, he's studying the spaghetti, Aye. man, Aye. and he's Aye. running away like a fucking idiot, man. Aye. Looks Aye. if he's going to have a fucking heart attack at any Aye. minute, you know what I mean? He's, he's parried out his tits, that's how I feel. That's like one that. of the greatest uh, bits of editing and history of cinema. See that what, whole the, the sequence where he's fucking no, flying aye, out aye, his head and, it's, and the time keeps punching up and stuff and he keeps getting the, the voiceover is amazing as well. I know I need to go to her house and I need to drop half the guns here and then I need aye, to take aye, the aye. guns to Jimmy and he aye. doesn't fucking want them. See the thing is, see when you see that bit, see, me, see when you see that, you realise when you think of that now and you think of Pulp Fiction, you realise that Tarantino has taken a lot of... Even Aye, that, that comes from before Scorsese, though. That comes from a lot of French New Wave guys were editing like that, but Scorsese kind of brought a kinetic energy to it that was brand new for that. But he, but he made the whole movie like that. It just ramped up at that end. Aye. But we missed a movie that he made oh, that was amazing, right? I was greeting at it. I seen it in New York in Times Square and the big massive Well I'm blaming Diane for this because Diane 3D. was the you were you were on the computer looking up Scorsese films and if he picks one out here that we've no mentioned then it's all your fault Tell me and I'll tell you if I've seen it uh, You mind. only had me looking up post a certain year Yes yeah, so and this is post that, that year is Yes This is post This is post Don't blame me Blame those arseholes <laughs> of Rotten Tomatoes Well we've already um, seen it Aye, aye, blame them. He, and you showed it to your Wayne's, and your Wayne's absolutely loved it. Hugo. 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 Oh, my word, it's Hugo, amazing. Show it to your boy. I don't know if I've seen oh, Hugo. Oh, it's Michael magical. Will love it, Michael magical. Will love it. It's, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a dead kind of film geeky kind of wow, thing as well. How right? did I but miss that out? It's an incredible kind of kids fairy tale almost as well. Have you seen it, Diane? Jo- no, I haven't, but I've got it up. 2011, correct? Director Scorsese. Oh, it's amazing. Papa George, George Mellies, right, is uh, Ben Kingsley in it, and he Do is you know who George Mellies is? This? It's man in the telly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right enough, Diane. Right. Hey. Listen to the He remarks. did Fly to the Moon. Yeah. Which is a very, very famous silent uh-huh. uh, film. It's one it's of the Scorsese. very first. It's, it's one of the first ever kind of ever, films? Aye, first ever films, aye, and especially using probably one of narrative. the first French it's films. Quite, easy, anyway. What year? Could you check up the year of that, Diane? Could you Which check one? up the year of Fly, Fly, Fly to the Moon? Fly me to the Moon. Nineteen Seventeen, I'm guessing, something like that, right? And school in the movie, school uh, he is a character in it. The guy, the director, but he's older at the See, time. See, this is Nineteen Seventeen. I'm going to be fucking. He's astounded by the way. He's running like a weird wee boutique is in the this train thing? station. Mm-hmm. 
and he fixes toys. He's like a kind of tinkerer sort of thing. And then this young boy comes up and he steals a toy off him. And that then the story kind of starts. Right. But it all takes place really in this big uh, old French train station where there's an autonoman. You know what an autonoman is? I think that's the right word. Mike, you'll know what a fucking which is, autonoman is. This is, this is very, like the 20s kind of thing, I guess. And it's like a robot. Right. right? And you've got a key that starts it up and it starts to write. And this sounds fucking bizarre, but this is kind of the movie. And he basically It's an lives, automaton, by the way. An automaton. I was thinking that there and I'm like, what and is he it? he lives in the train anything. station because his uncle, who was quite abusive to him, right, is Ray Winston, who used to set all the clocks in the train station. Right. And he would live in the rafters of the train station with him. And then his uncle died, so what's he going to do? He just kind of, doesn't know why he could take down by the authorities, which is Sasha Baron Cohen, who chases all the wee waifs and strays that run through the train station. And he's basically trying to survive. He meets uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, a hit girl for Kickass, right? And right. she's oh, in it. Right. She's fantastic. A trip to well. the moon, by the way. Trip to the moon. Trip to the moon, not trip yeah. to the moon. Trip to, a trip to the nineteen oh two. Oh two, right? right. Oh, 15 no, years and, and see, see, uh, George Melly. George Melly is a a French illusionist, right? Originally, and he went into film directing. Yep. And the, when you seen the way that guy made films in the movie, the way Scorsese recreates it oh, is it's just and, and uh, Hugo, it's amazing. Your, your boy will absolutely. I'm gonna. Love it. If I stay in the night and don't go to the booze and get smashed, I'm going to watch out my boy the night. Your boy will like that, but I'll tell you why, right? Now, see, see uh, my daughter, my daughter at the time must have been four or five when we watched that, right? I would say five she was, right? And and see, kids, kids love animated stuff, Aye. right? They love, but I thought, do you know, you've got to introduce your veins to proper cinema at times. Um, uh and we talked about how when we were like five, we were watching like Total Recall and shit, which is probably right. Bloodspot. Is it probably right? Who were you when you were younger? What was your guy? Who was your action guy? What movies do you watch? Action you guys? Uh, Bruce Willis, man. I mean, Die Hard and all that, but. Uh, oh, I'm fucking Bruce Willis heavy show. See, here I mean, you, yes, I love who, Bruce. Who was yours? I love Bruce. What do you mean, who was mine? He's fucking Stallone. Stallone. What? Forever? Aye, I've, but, I grew up, I grew but, up but, loving Stallone films a week, see, like, cinema, like, see cinema, like, people say, who inspires you in, in, in music not? I can count them in my one horn, like, Springs to me one but I'm inspire, inspired after, like, filmmakers, actors, Aye. sportsmen, Henry Larson's, Conor McGregor's, De Niro's, Aye. Scorsese's, you know, like, just people are really, really good at their craft. Uh, like, music, nah, they get inspiration. Springsteen inspires me, but anybody else, really? See, the problem you've got... Springsteen writes cinematically, though, as well. I know, but... Has, aye, I will. He's, he's written about six songs that are actually movies. Badlands and Thunder Road. Uh -huh. So what kind of movies, then, were your formative years? What kind of made your taste in movies happen to be what it is now? I mean, I love... I mean, it sounds dead cliche, but see the, the movies you mentioned... But, Scorsese's Aye. done and like even Michael Mann but the problem Michael is Michael Mann's one of my favourite films the problem is try, try to look by Scorsese I think CB Music right CB Music Irish films I know I love Irish films there's one called uh, Adam and Paul have you seen that Aye is that the one James McAvoy's in No that's Inside I'm Dancing that's, that's amazing me, What a fucking performance That's amazing James McAvoy Drum Chapel Boy just put that in there <laughs> Drum Chapel Boy done good eh? Aye like, there's, there's one Colin Farrell was in and it was Intermission that's the one, man. Aye, that's the one he breaks the last. He's ruined that straight away. Spoils. He breaks the last. He's nose in the first. He's got five oh, you've minutes. got beautiful eyes and all that. She's aye, like, aye, you really think so? And then he rob, robs the show. Aye, breaks her nose and robs the show. Uh, it's brilliant. 
Uh, and then they forget Hunters. If they don't get Hunters, like Brown sauce in that movie for. What? I can't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> they have it, and he's putting in his tea, you know, because he can't sell it. Ken, Ken, Ken Loach, you know. Ken Loach done I love that. Ken Loach. He's Ken... got something coming out soon. The I, they moved Blake. it forward. It's incredible. Moved the date forward. He did, he did. No. 21st of August. August, is it, aye? Did he do the, the one that shakes the valley? He did. He did. What we went to see that in the Jesus, cinema. That's watched, one of the most emotional experiences you know, I've ever had in the cinema. I just right? watched, I'll tell you why, I just watched it. Like I've, I'd seen it twice before, but like I forget shit. But I watched I watched it maybe about four weeks ago because Peaky Blinders had just finished and I was, uh, Kelly uh, Murphy is an don't actor. Watch. I like Kelly Murphy. Kelly Murphy is an actor. He's a powerhouse and he's just a great actor. Right. And uh, I went, I'm going to watch some of Kelly Murphy and I went, I'm going to put on the one that shakes the ballet. And oh, I was just, I was like, fucking heartbreaking. Uh, There's one he done with Neil Jordan called, is it Pluto something? Could you check something for us, Diane? Could you check uh, Kelly and Murphy and I'm Neil Jordan? It was Pluto something he played uh, a trans character in it. Oh, I've started it's an awesome, awesome movie. I know exactly That's the one you're talking film. about. That's a great performance. film. Ah, the guy's uh, fantastic. Right, give me a wee second. I, I, I can't mind that. its name. I think I've seen that. Ken, let's try it under Killian Murphy. Did you say, mm. What did you say it was called? Neil Jordan directed it. I can't remember. Something Pluto. I think Pluto's in the Aye, title. Aye, Pluto rings a bell. It's, mm. I've seen it. It is, it's just a brilliant movie. Neil Jordan obviously done and The Crying Game. Remember The Crying Game? Aye, that was a bit of the end, wasn't it? The bit of the end, everybody knows about it. It's aye, called exactly. Breakfast on Pluto. On Pluto, that's Breakfast it. That's a fantastic Pluto, movie. That is brilliant, aye. man. I've seen it. Yeah. I loved it. I need to get that to watch. He's, he's watched And Neil Jordan but, done, I think, the second best British gangster movie at all time. Mona Lisa. And it's, aye, and it's not even a gangster movie, really. But the greatest gangster movie, British gangster movie, is Long Good Friday. Aye. Head and shoulders above everything else. Mm. What are you going to fucking say? Don't, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't fucking bother even saying what? Guy Ritchie. Don't fucking no, tell me what I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say You're going to say Sense what? of Freedom? Get Carter? No, I'm going to go Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast ah, is oh, good, that is really good. Ah, see, thank you. Oh, oh what a movie. What, what you think is Spain, guys? It's all, <laughs> it's fucking all. You're fat, you big fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, what a movie that is. Hang on, do you know the problem I've got with the British gangster movies? They're all Cockney based. That's true. Parfait part part sense of freedom. And that's, is that really a gangster fault? I think you can class them all as... I mean, look at Scorsese's movies. I mean, they're all gangster movies, but at the but end of the, the day, wee they're man. No, That's they're what no. I, I was just... I was just I like Scottish really gangster movies, man. though. I don't even watch it. Listen, listen here's a problem, right? Here's, here's something that I, I kind of want to talk man. about. I kind of want to talk about, but not too much, right? As... We are planning on, in some degree, to at some point in our lives make a movie about Jimmy Reed. Right, right aye. Ah, you don't the, like that the, way. The, well, that's all I'm saying, right? I'm the going to edit that out. The ether, man, don't put that out there. No, listen, there's a Seriously, reason behind don't. it. No, listen. listen if a producer we, hears it, they'll steal it. Listen, we've got it all covered. We've got the It's already, we've got the backing of the family. It's fine. If we, we've got everything. It's, right. it's just Fair to get news. it in the Right, don't worry about it. We have had meetings. We'll edit all this. We'll for through, right? But let's shush you right? Right, so we'll give you a bit of science so we can edit that night. At some point, just help me out here, Diane, I don't need the silence. I the reason, the, the impetus of making a movie about Jimmy Reed is, uh, I'll go around about it, right? Aye. One of my favourite films, well, my favourite filmmaker is John Cassavetes, right? Do you know who he is? I do know who he, he is. He was Scorsese's favourite director, that's right. what kind of turned me on to him. And he had a famous quote where he made a gangster movie called The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Kind of a gangster movie, right? It's one of the greatest movies ever. But it's it? not a gangster movie. And it's like, there's gangsters in it. And Casavetti's said gangsters are the killers of dreams. Hates gangsters, right? right? Hates them. And I feel the same way about it. 
That's why I love Scorsese's movies because even though they're gangster movies, you always get the downfall. Mm -hmm. You always see the repercussions of that lifestyle. I've never watched a Martin Scorsese movie and wanted to be a gangster in my life, right? No, I don't but, want an aluminium bat off my fucking gun. Exactly, gum. right? There's always <laughs> repercussions. But my problem is with a lot of British movies is they glamorise it. They make it look like a lifestyle that you want to be a part of. Aye. And the wee man came out and I thought to myself, fuck this. Aye. I know the real story of Paul Ferris, right? And everything that happened around about that, right? And... I don't, I don't think, think that anybody knows the real story of Paul No, Paris. I mean, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean it in that way. I mean, I, I think know, maybe we should stop I, saying I, we're in transmission Stephen, <laughs> fucking hell, you're throwing me off here, man. Uh, I remember being alive at the time when this happened, mm -hmm. right? So he, so seeing all the Paul Ferris stuff play out in the newspapers, right? And then to see the recreation, and you think, is this the kind of stuff that we should be making movies about, these kind of people? So I thought, man, we've got a fucking genuine hero in our midst and nobody's talking about him. And this is a guy who took on the, the, the well, British government and won. We've talked about him a lot. I, people yeah. like us, but I want to we've see movies like that get made at a mainstream level and, and be surprised. shown the same amount of fucking I'm attention there, 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 guy, no, there was another guy who got mega funding for it, we found out. They've got to film that whole movie in England as well. I, no, I, I've no. seen the movie and it's and as a movie, movie? The, the Wee Man. As a movie, no. it's a good movie. It plays as a movie, but I don't want... No, every I, time I see a Scottish movie, it's always about gangsters or junkies. I'm talking about the Jimmy Reid thing, right? There was somebody got mega funding for it, remember? Aye, but I don't know what happened to that. Aye, so he, he had he had all his funding lined up. No, we had shit, we had nothing. Uh. But we had the back of the family because... Uh, Basically, just emailed them by Aye, but it wasn't just that, it was the way we were right to portray it. Aye, because we want it to be genuine because the guys in You really believe some of the stuff. Some of the funny. some of the stuff that we heard when we were researching it is absolutely incredible. You can make a movie out of any part of that guy's life, Aye. any part of his life. And we're going to tell you what part we're going to make a movie Aye, out of. Don't, right? don't give a <laughs> fucking let the cat uh, out of the bag. No, no, but you can make a part of a movie about the any part features. of his life. <laughs> and I just want to be a part of the community that would do that. And I don't want it to be, it's, I guess it's who did sexy. I want, who did I want to play I them? I guess Can it's we sexy to show the gangsters and it's sexy to show that kind of stuff and the sleazier side of it because it's cooler to film. But I want to see inspirational characters mm. come up. He had a great idea. He wants Paddy Considine. What an actor he who's is. Who's a fantastic actor, who's a guy who and never gets any recognition. Like who every time... Every time he's in a movie, he can be in a terrible movie. He's always interesting. He watches. So he's a fantastic Blinders, actor. He played the nasty priest, man. Oh, you fucker, man. Is he good? Oh, it right? make you fucking. I, I, I make sure I pull the Paddy covers. Constantine. Or I, I, big, honestly, big Paddy Constantine fan. Uh -huh. But but this is like I mean, <coughs> we can fucking. I want Robert De Niro at this point. I'd imagine. No, no. Do you know what I was saying? To, I was saying to Bob about this, right? See, see these kind of movies that we are talking about making, right? See if uh, if. Uh, Handsome George Hingney Clooney right? <laughs> Handsome Clooney right Right See, see if Clooney Knew the backstory Watch this new film there, like, Right Money Monster That sounds good right. like We'll go into that After if, if, if Clooney Knew the backstory Of Jimmy Reid He would make the Fucking movie himself. Anybody would right? Anybody would Because but, but See if you approached him You would I think if you approached George Clooney With a proper Hingney And No I'm not being Fucking daft here Right huh? and, and, and Because I think George Clooney Would make because, Looking at the you ethics mean somebody behind like him, films. who's at that level, who's socially like, conscious, who aye, wants to make. Aye. Well, George Clooney went open to social bite in the Edinburgh, didn't aye, he? Aye. Um, if you get somebody socially conscious on on board with that, right? 
I think honestly, if somebody like Clooney knew the backstory, if if see if Jimmy Reed was American, it'd have been fucking. Oh, it would have been the Americans make these movies. I'd imagine Jimmy Reed would have came across some forms of gangsterism in one absolutely. way or another. Man. Aye, aye, absolutely, even worse. I imagine like he was Jimmy Reed was a tough, tough dude just to be able to stun up. I'd to be, aye, to that, that time, aye. It's a different shit. breed of guy as well, which is something that I would like to explore as a filmmaker, is that breed aye. of man in that era. Fuck sake, man, it's hard enough just to get fucking cunts nowadays but we'll get up for a fucking working day for a week. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting guys to work for fuck all. Aye. To prove a point, to prove that they're needed, to prove, to pos- to preserve a way of life for people next. Do you know the sad thing? And right now, people don't do that. People no. think about now, and they don't think about the guy coming next. And that is... Do you know the sad pay off here? Oh, look at the shipyards now. Fucked. Yeah. Oh. Fucked, man. It's a sad pay off here. Oh. Did you watch Money Monster? What was that like? I did. Uh, I watched it Set all the way through. Right, so basically, Clooney's one of these, like, no QVC, but it's like a financial channel, not he's... He advises people what to do, like stocks and shares and all that shit. But he's a bit of a, he's all showmanship, you know what I mean? He's Aye. like coming in with a show. Is there no guy like that in America? Who Aye, there will be, like man. He's, it reminded me like these evangelist fuckers, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they're all fucking Aye. like, yeah, oh, fuck it, that's another story. But he's doing this, it's a live broadcast. And then this dude, this dude's mod died, he gets 60 grand and he puts it into one of these stocks that George Clooney says, put it into this stock, sure right? Thing, eh? So he hijacks the studio and it's a live broadcast. He's Suicide fest up, so basically right. saying to fucking George, he wants to tell the viewers in America that it's a fucking cunty system and blah blah, Aye. and he wants to show up. In between this year and the half, him and George Clooney become pals to try and find out what collapsed this because they find out that that's impossible. It collapsed about collapse. That's why he that's, made that sure thing. There's, there's human fingerprints on this because the system's mm. no set up. So he goes through this to and fro, and Julia Roberts is in a control desk. He's Worth a watch. Aye. It was all right. Far-fetched shite, but sometimes that's... <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's all right. I, who? Jodie Foster directed it. Shit. What else did she direct, by the way? Nell. Remember the one where we win that kind of talk? Uh, Jodie Foster's done quite a few things. She I liked, uh, oh, I liked Nell, actually. There's something, no, she done something that I liked that I really liked. She did liked. one uh, with a wee guy in it. Chess player. Hold on, oh, what's that again? What, a Billy Fisher X thing? and Y? Uh, hang on, Jodie Foster. Aye. That sounds a wee bit. Do you remember ever see the movie called Mad City with John Travolta and Dustin Hoffman? Costa Gavras made it. Is, Li- is it Little Man Tate or something? Little Man Tate. Oh, yeah. Little Man Tate. That's, Tate. A, that's a great film. Yeah. However, others that she has done, her directing credits, uh-huh. she's something f- called Charlie, which is due to come out, obviously, Money Monster. She's still a thriller. She did, uh, the Beaver, Home for the Hall. Oh, the Beaver! What a film! Mel Gibson. Have you seen The Love Beaver? Mad Mel. <laughs> Fucking mad Mel rules and he's coming back, man. Have you seen the beaver, Diane? Have you seen it, Diane? Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's amazing. Have you seen it, Mac? You want Oh, oh no! Wow. Everybody should see the beaver. Fucking it's amazing. fucking amazing. Everybody should see the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's Mad a masterpiece. City. That Mad movie. City was uh, a film. Oh, was probably that's the one she did with Mel Gibson. Ah, no, he was a puppet. He flaps his beans. Nobody fucking still touch him. He's coming back. This year he is coming back. Mel Gibson, a great director, by the way. Actually, but hang me, he flaps his beans in the beaver, and he ends up spends a whole fucking movie talking through a puppet. With uh, a weird Cockney accent. This uh, a wee beaver oh, puppet. Oh, it's brilliant. Fucking brilliant. That, that Money Monster sounds a bit like Mad City. Did you ever see Mad City? It's Never Costa Gavra's film and it's uh, John Travolta is a security guard in a museum and he gets, there's only two guys left. Who wrote the beaver? <laughs> 
I just want to know now. I can't remember. Somebody called Kyle Killen. Somebody totally insane. <laughs> right, sorry. If, um, if Jodie Foster wrote it, I was in fucking listen, awe. Kyle, he's got quite a list of things that he's written. Kyle, kill, Kyle Killen. Are they mental? It's not easy. Uh, no, quite a lot of TV stuff. Mind Games, Awake. Uh, Awake, is Lone that? Star. Ah, he's done quite a lot. What about movies, though? No, it's mainly television credits. I'm yeah. seeing coming up right. as writer. Sorry for jumping in there. No, and Mad Mad City was he's a security guard who gets fired. There's only two security guards, and he decides to get a shotgun and lock the doors and take everybody hostage that's in there. And it's a school group and a teacher, and he takes them all hostage with a shotgun. And then Dustin Hoffman turns up seen in a news van. Seen it. And it was a great seen movie. So as I've seen, seen it. Aye. Money seen Monster was kind of like one of these films where you know where they. The dad's got. It just came across as one. He's, so that's, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you the feeling you'll get for this. Right. Kind of, but you know the the fucking ones where the the dad's got a terminal vein, but he's not got the medical insurance because he's in a hospital. And he gets like a John Hugh. Oh. Aye, oh, that, it was that kind of feeling in a movie, even though right. it was, that's completely fucking nothing to do with the story. But that kind of like, it's far fetched shit, but it's worth a watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're yeah. kind of rooting for the guy. So I think Clooney's always there's only so many different things. Ah, you can't even know watch Clooney. Ah, he's always interesting. It's always um, funny to watch. But do you say there's only so many different kinds of movie? Ah, there is. That's a famous thing. Like There's only thing. like seven different types of ideas films. that you can have in or art, really. In it, there's only seven kind of archetypes of story that you can tell. So you just need to. That's that's why Tarantino's so good that's at what the, he does. He just took them all and meshed them all up, and made his own thing. I, I think Hingy's. Uh, uh, what do you call him? Kevin Smith as well does. Ah, Kevin Smith. I mean, especially now since he started smoking a lot of weed, he's just been fucking. Whatever he wants. What was to, his right? recent one? You seen it? Yoga hosers. Eh? We went to Edinburgh to see it, me and your brother. Right. And it was a QA afterwards. And I got to meet him, which is quite cool and all. And that John's was, met uh, him before. I John's met him loads of times because John hung out with him when he was yeah. in LA because uh do Just you know John have, you ever, have you ever listened to you listen to podcasts, Mike, didn't you? Ah yeah, listen to like Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan, like Joey Diaz, uh uh Anthony Nope sometimes if a guest is on that I want to rather like, than, uh, of I, course. They're yeah. all UFC guy. Well, uh, Kevin Smith is a film director and he started a kind of podcast he knows network. He Kevin Smith is, do you? And I, man, I love his movies, and he started the, obviously the podcast network and he's got one called Hollywood Babylon. Right. And at the end of Hollywood Babylon, they do a thing called How Big Is Liam Neeson's Cock? Right. <laughs> and everybody, it's like it's like Chuck Norris facts, right? About right. how do, Liam Neeson's cock Diane's, is so big. Diane's going to sit up there and went, wait a minute. Right, right. right. so... Did John, they, did they resolve the issue? Do you know it? It's ongoing. Thing? It's ongoing you know for years because the person who runs the Neeson Cop website is Stephen's brother, John, who he runs the website for <laughs> Kevin Smith. So every week, uh, it's, as well, it's just not a weekly podcast. It's whenever they post it, but it's quite regular. So they always do the Neeson Cop facts at the end. And, and John's my website. brother's website became involved in. And the, the Babylon the, podcast. So he, when so, John was in LA, he was there with him <laughs> in the recall, uh, they were doing the show and he hung out with him and Jason Muse and Garmin and stuff. That's right? quite cool. Amazing, right? I mean, that LA is a funky place. I mean, where I get wee guy for actor for Superbad, what was it, my guy? What's he called? Loveman? Love. Oh, oh he's uh, cool, man. Like I mean, you think, like, my brother goes, Did you go and talk to him? He goes, No, I didn't. He goes, I know, that's my loving. I goes, Could you look like a dirty face, fucking cunt? <laughs> yeah. Sitting on his face, trick, no. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go up and say to a guy, oh, you're that wee Right, see, right, the thing is, we're talking about people who uh, have passed through your gigs and stuff like that, right? Uh -huh. Now, Natalie Clark is there now. She is. She played right. with us last month. Natalie Clark is the lassie who, mm. it's weird, I met Natalie through 
uh, mixed gigs. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, it turns out I know Natalie's brother, Michael. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, I got talking to her and she was telling me, ah, do you know I'm going to make a go of this and I'm going to go to LA. She had a really good job as a school teacher. She private school, a teacher. She, uh, right. it. she, and, and she chucked her job and decided to seize the day. And she went to LA. And then there's photos there on her Facebook and she's with uh, Johnny Depp and, oh, right, and right. Uh, Alice Cooper. Was it the Hollywood vampires that they call but, that? Right, vampires, but she getting into that. Does it make you kind of... Really, oh, I, I mean, it, it, <laughs> no, no, it makes me really happy to see it. Uh, right? That is amazing. Does it not make you happy that you know you've seen Natalie as just a, a kind of small time performer I mean, here, and then she's earlier hanging about me? Aye, but I did when I was earlier, I see her struggles <laughs> as well, and I, I know the work she's putting in, and I know like mm. you, you see the wee snippets of a picture of Johnny Depp or Richard Branson writing a letter or getting on the voice or so, but. The other day, day stuff's a struggle, man, because yeah. it's like dog eat dog out there. I mean, even that Laura Begler, she came and played that wee, the voice producers, like UK voice producers contacted me and asked me to put on a showcase. What are days? I just let them come to one of the open mics. And if oh, anybody's right. interested, that Laura Begley, man, she go on to the Boy George's team list. I bet she was singing this, Muffs. Oh, really? She was singing this, So, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there is a few people that go into successful things, but uh, Natalie Clark, man, I could, even Stephanie Mann, she's in New York. I like people that would just go, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it. See, they're a bit different for us because we've got families and wains and stuff like that. And we can't just say, you know, let's go to LA. You know what I mean? See if I said, let's go to LA, shit would fall apart. If I was going to do that, I should have done that when Mikey was a baby. There's no way I can date now, but he's in his formative years at school. My family comes in, you know, I mean, he's the only grandson from my side. So if you were going to meet a... I'm quite... I think I'm quite blessed that I get to travel with my music. Right, well. You know what I mean? And I said I would do it, and I love for my family, I love for travelling, I love for fucking music, I love for fucking UFC 202, <laughs> BT Sports. Well, Saturday, going into Sunday, McGregor, Diaz, McGregor's got a fucking. McGregor's going to get his fucking ass handed to him. He's going to get eight. I don't, see, I don't know what's going to Diaz is going to fucking eat him. I would quite like McGregor. See, I don't know who knew. I would like McGregor to win. I always. Do you know the only reason why I want him to get beat? Right? No, I'll tell you the only reason. The only reason is because I want to see his follow up interview. I want, he's, he's been talking so much shit, no, no. I want to see what happens if, if he If you want to see that, go back to... I've seen it when he got beat with the last one, I Humble and victory of defeat. I like him, I'm no bad. I mean, I just... I do like him, but I would like to see him getting beat. No, he's been beat up, I'd like to see Diaz <laughs> get beat, then he can have number three. I want Lesnar back, I want UFC to be Mel at wrestling. Lesnar's done, man, because he's... He's not fucking done. For UFC, because he got popped first there. Okay, listen, that's no... That's that estrogen shit that John Jones got caught with, I That's what you take when you're coming off a fucking steroids, you know what I mean? So you don't get fucking... Oh, the bitch tits. and all that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his name is Robert Paulson. Uh, <laughs> bit of fight club. That um, director, sorry, before you go, before uh, you wrap us up, Alejandro Inaretto. Inaretto, aye. What a director he is, man. 21 grams, Babel. Oh, fucking that. 21 Sean grams Penn. was amazing when Sean Penn made the fucking heart, the aye. new heart, and he's getting caught smoking in the toilet and all that. Oh, amazing. that's a great film, man. Monsters Ball. He didn't um, do that one, but that's a Mick, thanks so much for coming and recording. First, first, first guest. First a, guest, aye. And if any other guest can get through a power load of shite talk that I've managed, then... <laughs> ah, exactly. Well, that's it. I think the it's thing about... covered a lot of music so, stuff. I know it's something that, I mean, to aye. talk about, and that is just something that we're talking about. We'll talk about loads of stuff. Uh, I guess Mick Hargan. Mick's going on tour uh, September. September King, King Tut's in September the 9th, which is also my birthday. Starting bath, Kate, and then oh, day another. Day in London with Panic Anchor, and then... 
some other shit, man. I fucking How did he get a hoodie? I know you're a social media demon. Where's, where's your digits on social media? What do you get you? Uh, don't add me on my personal page because I won't accept you because I'm sick of cunts. Uh, <laughs> Have you got a, like a page though? A page page on Facebook? A music page on Facebook. Actually, it's just send me a message on Facebook. You get me there or Twitter or Instagram. I, I aye, or go and see a live fucking on Twitter? Aye, aye, aye. Get me there and don't... Don't come at me if you're wanting something off me. Only <laughs> no, come at me no. if you can give me something. No, not just that, but not just that. I'm going to say this. If if you're a, if you're why to speak to Mick about uh, playing at any of these showcase Aye. nights or, or you know like oh, he says, most welcome, right. no cliques, all different abilities. <coughs> all different. If you're shite, if you're just starting out, if you're great, then you if you're come, great, if you come with an attitude and you're of mm-hmm. age, you will get fucking slapped right out the door. But if you're a bit younger, <laughs> then I'll go get your dad and I'll tell your daddy get you around your fucking neck right in you, man. So. What's the, what's the thing with Transmission Rooms, Diane? What's your social media labels? If you just look up Transmission Room, it's singular, not with the S at all the end. All right, you sorry. Will find that, no, it's all right. It's just so people know what to look for. You will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And if you're friends with Mick and friends with Diane, uh-huh. you will see that we're the middlemen here, right. me and Bob, and, uh, and basically we hopefully put things together so that... Uh, people are gaining into us as well. Oh, you know, oh, hopefully, Facebook, you know, there's is... a lot of young musicians, and Diane runs a fucking great studio. And your Facebook is uh, something pod. It's facebook.com forward slash something pod, and Twitter is at something pod two because some bastards got something pod. It's just a fucking egg I, as well. They're doing nothing with it. I think at the end of all this, I think at the end of all this, talking about whatever we're talking about, and just it's just like. We would talk if we were in a booth or something like that. Aye, but, that's what we kind of want to capture But hopefully this could, this could get some. something out of it because uh, uh, if you want to play and you're looking for something and you've no confidence or whatever, come. I give you confidence, my children. <laughs> <laughs> my he, adults. Here's the fucking sheet. I'm going to cut that bit out because I get you put you on a list, man. <laughs> I give you confidence, my children. That can I say? I, that? I'm 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 like the pipe piper or govern. Well, that's beard man. It's just too stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've no, got a bit of a peaky blinders via would, fucking Woody Guthrie going there. If right? anybody wants to play any gigs, man, do you know what I mean. And you don't know who you'll be playing with. You could be playing with a tour night for America. Come and. Uh, you could be, you'd be made to, thing, you'd yeah. be made to feel welcome. Can I get a gig? You can get a gig. Diane. No, stop fucking playing for business, Diane. Shush. But, <laughs> I, but, but really, Diane, uh, if you're going down there, take some flyers down, man, because I know there's loads of cracking wee musicians. There might be a wee shot in a studio. 15 a night. Uh, and, you know what I mean? And this Bathgate gig I'm playing, there's lots. Katie Cross is playing with me at Bathgate. She's, she's, yeah, I love her, actually. I, I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, I love right. Katie, you know. She's amazing. There's, and there's a lot of good musicians. Panic Anchor. Stephen Maguire will be about, I'm sure, in the next oh, couple of months. Really? Then he play yeah. once he feels a bit better. And uh, Cammy Black and all that. And up, well, just on my mates. On that note, Brilliant. once I feel a bit better, I'm struggling the new. So I'm going to cut it. I need something to eat. Uh, good to talk to you. Thank Great. you very Cheers, much. Mike. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Diane. Cheers, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.